Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> it's only me. It's only the camera house are gone. With Pete Davis, sidekick producer at Sparks Tour extraordinaire, and the mechanical mangler at the controls. <laughs> you know him as Flounder, baby. 303 to go. Oh, the day I was <laughs> Stand by. Yeah, well, we got stuff today, actual stuff, uh, Thursday. Kind of a, uh, I like Thursdays because it means Friday's the next day, and for some reason, I love Friday night, so I look forward to that. Anyway, how you doing? Here's another one. I will get going here in a second. Here's a phone number. We love phone calls. Yeah, I feel like it, too. 404. I'm not bad to the bone. I'm an old soft. So on Saturdays, do you actually sleep in a little bit? Uh, no, no, I, uh, there's no sleeping for the Kimmer. <laughs> no, <laughs> that'll be the day. In there fact, is I, no sleep. I, I was just thinking this morning, I, I kind of, the, you know, normally I, I'm up two or three times a night. I mean, I, if, if I go to bed at 10, I read, for, I always read, I read every night. I have three or four books on my nightstand. I, I, I you know, and I have magazines. So I read every night and then I hit them. I have the lights out by, you know, whatever. And, but I'm up always up at two thirty or three and then at least four to four fifteen or four twenty. And then uh, I try to I try to stay in, in bed or try to stay asleep till at least somewhere near six. It never works. And normally I'm up at like quarter six. Today I got up at twenty after five, and I said, "Well, I, I I'm just going to lay here like an idiot. Might as well get up and start." <laughs> so I you know I'm not. There's no sleeping in for the camera, including weekends. You know I do this. I uh, I, I, I I don't. It's just when you get older, it's just that's what it is. I don't know, Pete Davis. How about you? Well, you you have weird you have weirder hours than I do. <laughs> I do have weird hours. In fact, last night was the first night I have slept eight hours in in months. Well, in fact, your normal feed for stuff where you send uh, we both send things to Flounder that we're going to talk about today uh, and kind of get it all organized. And it, it, I think it was your schedule was later than normal because I, I felt as though you probably had a different schedule <laughs> this morning or last night or something. <laughs> Just guessing. Uh, anyway, uh, Flounder, how you doing over there? Everything all right inside? Got a lot of stuff here today. All is good on this side of the glass. Outstanding. Uh, also, we've got a million stories. Well, the, the latest on uh, 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 oh, Fanny. Fanny, 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 that little Fulton County floozy. Fanny, I'm looking at you. <laughs> you try to hide your tramp. Anyway, Fanny, Fanny. Uh, and her uh, lover boy side piece are in the news. And she, Fanny, Fanny, is going to have to go to a court hearing on February 15th. To explain herself. Uh, the victim of racism, obviously. I, I can't wait to hear that uh, testimony. Uh, although, I'll, I'll bet she's taken herself. Uh, my guess is, this just broke today, this is like an hour ago, that she's going to go to a court hearing February 15th at the Fulton DA with a Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee. Scheduled a hearing today on February 4, February 15th. I will bet you that she'll be long gone as the prosecutor on the Trump case by then. 
I don't know how she can possibly make it through just from the publicity. And this guy, Wade, holy crap, Nathan Wade. Did you see the picture of him holding a gun by his side when he came out of his office in the public with the media all over the place? And he made sure he had a, a picture of him holding his freaking pistol in his hand out in, in the open, which is legal. But what are you trying to prove, tough guy? You know, well, I'm a tough guy, lawyer, man. Yeah, and last night I saw Jesse Waters uh, that he that apparently this guy billed the government, uh, that you and me, the taxpayers of Fulton County, uh, and, uh, Georgia. Uh, he apparently billed the taxpayers in one pay period, 24 hours in a row. He billed every hour of a 24-hour day. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, that's I'll tell you what. Talk about working hard for Fanny. If you work for Fanny, you could be there. You're working hard, buddy. <laughs> Holy smokes. Man, one, uh, one way or another. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that. That's the news. Also, we got more on Donald Trump and the funeral. Oh, an incredible. What do you hear the headline of the year concerning the school shooting report that came out. Also, uh, we just got, Pete just got this from somebody about what they found at the pre-TSA line at the airport. And we'll talk a lot about also T.J. Stroud. And this happened the other day when he was on NBC after a major football game win for the Texas, whatever they're called these days, Houston Texans. Uh, and uh, everything was Jesus and Lord Almighty, stuff like that. And NBC made a decision. And we'll talk about that, see what that does for you. Also, a congressman wants to take down the Statue of Liberty actually proposing a bill to remove it because of us Republican or conservatives. Yes, indeedy. Uh, let's see. Hunter Biden is more in the news here. Oh, a vice president's side piece, or a, a shiftless and lazy vice president, is now saying that the uh, Ferguson riots are just as important to America as the Civil War at Gettysburg. Oh, my God. Anyway, the squad wants to... Oh, oh, just a quick uh, coming up right here. The squad, uh, including uh, this Jamal Bowman, this guy, this guy is just a plain hater. He has a way for America to make up for all that slavery stuff by paying a total of $14 trillion. <laughs> he says, and we can do it. If you, well, I'm sure you're going to have to give all of them, every black uh, 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 descendant, you're going to have to give them $333,000, you know, like a month, you know, for 20 years or whatever. He, he said, we can do it. He says, we can do it. Also, uh, the uh, lady uh, <laughs> trying to tell her new boss about her unfortunate nickname and why they wouldn't want to post it on their email system. Well, all that stuff, I guess, coming up. Uh, first of all, uh, Pete, have you caught up on Fargo? Did you see the latest edition? to Fargo. Well, as you were saying, those first 15 minutes, some of the most intense oh, 15 minutes oh. in TV history. And, and Frank, I, I, I got lost. I'd forgotten that that was what, what would happen from the last show. I actually yeah. went back to because I, I totally got, I, I said, oh my God, where did this come from? Anyway, did, did, did you watch the end of it? Yeah, in fact, we should tell people if you're watching and you haven't seen the end of it yet, you might want to retune back in after yeah. 3.15. <laughs> Just so. Yeah, I watched the end of it last night. Okay, now uh, we're going to talk about this just for a minute, and then I've got, I've got to do some social media stuff. Well, i got to thank Flounder. i got to tell you how freaked out I was. I'm going to thank Flounder and also Amanda uh, for, I mean, I, again, I just feel like such a freaking idiot, but i, I got to I talk about it. Also, so a good news thing happened to my daughter, Jennifer. God knows she deserves it because that's only like two things out of the last... 20 years uh, and a couple of weird things. Uh, my my uh, a secret source at uh, Southwest Airlines, Deep Sky, uh, has uh, texted me something which we'll talk about. It's kind of funny, too. But first, uh, Fargo. Okay, now, first, we're going to talk, talk Fargo for like four minutes here, okay? Uh, for and, and more later, too, but we'll warn you in advance if you haven't seen it. My question is, is was that the end of the season last night? Yes. 
you know, I mean, I, and I'm trying to Google it because it looked like the end of the season. It was. But, but it was it, the last show. But it didn't say that anywhere. It didn't say in the last episode. It didn't say season ending or anything like that. It just said, you know, in this episode. And I, and I tried to Google uh, when's the next episode of Fargo, and it had all the stuff from, from uh, 2023. Right. So yeah, that's it. Okay, so that's it for the year. Okay, so Fargo's over for this year. Uh, now, how would you rate it among other uh, Fargos? There have been, like, what, five or six? I guess this is season six, I think. It, but... It's in the top three. It's the top three of the TV. There's been, what, five or six TV yeah, series. Six. I think now, this right? was season six, I believe. And, and i got to tell you, this was the... I think this was the freakiest. The most intense. The most, yeah, the most uh, unusually different. It was. I mean, all of them are different, but this was really. Oh, John, <laughs> John, John Hamm, John, if he doesn't oh, get man. an Emmy, yeah. holy cow. Yeah, he was, uh, he was spectacular. Uh, really good. Anyway, so I just thought. And, and by the way, I'm looking forward to that show, Capote versus the Swans. <laughs> yes, yeah, so am I. Holy crap. How, it, how gay are we? <laughs> oh, man. In fact, it's got to be a chick flick. There's Demi Moore in it and, yeah. and a bunch of hotties who are now in their 50s or something. And uh, and so, I mean, it's got to be a chick flick, you know, like a dating series or something. Uh, coming, And it's on FX, right? No, no, it's not date. This is about when Capote <laughs> would play off the New York hoi polloi against each each other to get his tidbits and get his stories and his gossip and he'd play them off each other and they all ganged up on him <laughs> <laughs> well i saw those hot babes from the you know like 20 years ago demi yeah. moore God, she's got to be 55 years old and it looks to me like it could be a really cool series on, on F uh, capote versus the swans that's what, anyway, for the record. Uh, 312 with a Kimmer and a Pete and Flounder. And, oh, I did, I did want to pass along one good thing about my uh, daughter, Jennifer. And, again, she, you know, she, she was a, is the, she's, an, she's a recovering addict. She's been clean for some, like 20 years from cocaine and heroin and speedballs and the whole deal. And, uh, and, God, and then she had a stroke five years ago, so she can't get around. I mean, it's, her life's been a freaking nightmare, especially compared to our, our, our daughter, my other last little girl, Sarah, who's everything is perfect. <laughs> so it's a kind of a thing. So Jennifer's been struggling. It's been a very, very hard life. She can't get around in the winter. She can't get out because they're walking. I mean, it's just a nightmare. Her life's a nightmare. So she's at the grocery store with her walker and getting stuff, she, and she writes this. I'm at the grocery store, and I went way over what I thought I was handing the cashier back items trying to reduce my total bill. She picked out too much stuff, didn't have the money. The gentleman behind me, she said, put, she said, put it all back. I'll pay for it. I, of course, said no, but thank you, and he insisted. I said, I am literally mortified. I do that for people all the time, but it's never over a dollar. Mine was way higher, and he insisted, and because I was in tears and surprised, surprised, he said, I went to the bank. The, this is the guy talking. I went to the bank the other day, put all of my money in my wallet, and left my wallet, and some guy took the money back to the bank and had them call and tell me that they had my wallet, so now I'm helping you out as well. Uh, Jennifer said, I'm still mortified, but I literally didn't have any more money. Talk about karma. I told him he restored my faith in humanity. Just and I, I did. I, I, that, I sent her twice, money twice this month. <laughs> so, but then, you know, after the Christmas season, poor girl. But uh, so things will be fine. But anyway, uh, bless you, Jennifer. This is now two good things. She just got a job. Uh, thank God, with all her uh, stuff that she has to go through, and uh, this little thing to, to bail her out till Daddy came through with a PayPal <laughs> this morning. But that's good news, sweetie. I love you, and uh, God bless America. Things are going to be fine. Three fourteen, Kimber Pete and Flounder here on one zero six three. Look out. to have this 
song on my old magic stick many, many years ago. As David Crosby, American singer, songwriter, guitarist David Crosby died on this day at the age of 81 in 2023, one year ago. Founding member of both the Birds and what's the matter? <laughs> this oh, by is the way, a Stephen Stills song. Well, it's a Crosby, this Stills, and Nash song. David Crosby. It's Crosby, Stills, yeah, Nash, and Young. Very funny. It's uh, by all the way, I can't. You're, you're not on TV. I don't. I can't. Uh, see yeah, you. I got. We're working on that. There was a little issue with Microsoft. Ah, the old Microsoft issue. <laughs> you seem to be having a lot of well, three nineteen. No, no, really. There's no sense. You know, it's just it's just a thing. It's the new the new cover. <laughs> we just slide right along and just do our thing. Uh, anyway, it says here, <clears throat> David Crosby died on this day at the age of eighty one a year ago. Founding member of both the Birds and Crosby, Stills, Nash. With the CSNN, he had the uh, 69 UK British Center thing called Macare Marrakesh Express. Shut up. Yeah, that's all, folks. Also, the single Woodstock with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, plus the 70 album number one Deja Vu, and the solo album Wind on the Water. And was he the one who knocked up the girl, the lesbian, and they used his nukachuka? Yes. And he didn't do it the yes. old-fashioned way. He just, like, gave it to her if they're tripped to the rest. I do whatever. Our birthday list, it's uh, 320, by the way. Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Uh, Kevin Cosner's birthday today, 69 years old. Finally got rid of that wife thing. <laughs> oh, sorry. And, oh, by the way, speaking of getting rid of the wife thing, we're going to, uh, uh, Pete found a story about love after 60. Yes. With a famous actress saying she's having the best sex she's ever had in her life, and she's 72 years old. On this day in history. Here we go. Um, uh, In 1943, the government declared a wartime ban on the sale of pre-sliced bread. They did it to preserve and conserve resources in World War II, worried that the amount of additional wax paper... To wrap the slices would be uh, would, would not be good for things. So from then on, only whole loaves were sold till the war was over. And I, I can't help but remember this is 1943. I can't help but remember. Remember when Betty White was alive? Uh, they actually said Betty White was older than sliced bread. Betty White was born yeah. before the bread slicer was invented. <laughs> Literally older than sliced bread. Anyway, 321, Kevin Pete and Flounder, how's it going? Uh, we got so, oh, by the way, are we, are we on with uh, uh, Shannon Burke tonight at 6? Yes, we are. Okay, and, and for my yeah. friends, if you're listening now, of course, we're doing a local radio show till 6 o'clock. And then if you want to hear what's going on lately with Shannon Burke, he's on till 7 down in Florida. So you could go to a Florida Man Radio and get the app or the whatever you do on there. Uh, and then I always put the interview, or I put y'all segment up on our, uh, just like the replay and stuff like that, so you can go to Podcast Park and listen to it as well. Do you do it that uh, tonight I also usually, or the I next day? I do it day? in the evening or I do it the next day. Okay, so, but, so it'll be available. But if you want to tune in, you can go to Florida Man Radio and, and I assume catch it live like, yep. tonight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, a little after, right, shortly after 6 o'clock. And Pete, I, there was a, uh, oh, oh God, I took a picture of it. There's uh, somebody just sent me on Facebook. Or I might have been somewhere. I think it was on Facebook. Uh, well, now I can't find it. You dirty. Here it is. Here it is. Hold on. Uh, somebody sent me. Now, why is it doing this? Hold on. I got it right here. I just. I saw, here we go. Uh, somebody. This, we're going to do this for Shannon Burke, who's a huge, huge Dallas Cowboys fan. I mean, enormous oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's a, in Mexico. It says here Mexican word of the day: Dallas. 
That is the la- da- that is the last game the Cowboys are going to play this year. <laughs> <laughs> this is the la- la- last game. Last year, too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so so we got that going for us. So hey, I, remind hey, me to do that with you. I never. <laughs> I never thought as a Falcons fan I could feel sorry for somebody else. Well, I know. It is kind of it is kind of surprising. And again, I still can't get over the fact that Tampa Bay walloped Philadelphia. I mean, just anyway, good. I mean, good for Tampa Bay. I'm happy. Maybe How they'll... much longer? I mean, I, obviously Baker Mayfield was he had a one year contract with Tampa, so obviously going to resign him. But I mean, is he worth five to six years? Or? I I can't imagine. But who? I mean, he pulled it out. Yeah, he... I mean, against Philadelphia, though, yeah. that was I thought that was the going. They were going as, as as good as anybody for the final championship game. No, well, no, uh, no, no, no. They were ten. They were ten and one at one point, and then they lost six of their last seven. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I, I'm happy for Tampa Bay. Uh, by the way, holy crap! at sports with Pete Davis coming up a little later. Any any top subject you want to uh, kind of tease at the moment, there, Pete? Also, there's some news about Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh-oh. who's trying something new, maybe. Uh, switch hitting. Well, uh, changing okay, then. position. I guess we don't have to do that story. Oh, is that, I was guessing. Uh, well, we're teasing because you don't want to tune in now. Uh, maybe he's uh, maybe he's going to uh, switch to uh, you know like shortstop or something. I don't know. It could be a, could be a whole different no. thing. So we'll find out. Uh, bump, bump. Okay, a three twenty four. Kim repeat and flounder. Here's our phone number. We love phone calls. Four zero four. Seven four one one two three zero seven four one one two three zero, and I've got to do it. I got to talk about the social media thing. I'll do it. I'll do. I'll do some newsy things here first, and then we'll do the social media thing at three thirty. Um, and don't forget, we also have Flounder's Funnies. We have Peach Tweets. We have we have all kinds of stuff going on here. Okay, just in the, just in like an hour ago. <clears throat> Fulton County Floozy, oh, I said Fulton County Floozy, I meant to say Fulton County uh, Trollop, Fanny Willis, the DA of Fulton County, the uh, perpendicular prosecutor, will appear for a February 15th hearing regarding the fact that she is a tramp who misused money and uh, should be thrown off this case to go get, after trying to get uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> the Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee scheduled the hearing today for February 15th, uh, and of course, Fanny, Fanny, Fanny has been after Donald Trump from the very beginning. Uh, She hired her special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, her side piece, uh, to help her prosecute Trump, even though I I saw Jesse Waters last night said two things. He said this guy, Wade, uh, Nathan Wade, apparently billed uh, a one-day charge of hourly rate of every single hour of the day, 24 hours of that one-day billing process. <laughs> Not too bad if you can pull it off. And the, and the second thing that Jesse Waters said, the guy is most famous for doing uh, people who need to go to, ho- uh, go to court to change their names. That, that's, that's what he's famous for, name changes and if you've been in an accident, uh, fender benders. And he's not. He doesn't win all of those either. Apparently, this is unfreaking believable. Uh, but again, uh, the Fulton Floozy defense hiring him. Fanny defense hiring this guy uh, who does mostly name changes because he's tough, but he's obedient. Uh, it's like uh, you know she has him in the palm of her hand. So again, you can't uh, you know you can't be negative when it comes to uh, to the fan. Oh, by the way, I understand that uh, Fanny now has changed the ringtone on her phone, and now the ringtone goes. So. Chickabow, 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 chickabow. 
I mean, the, the balls on this woman. Can you imagine being so stupid that you hire your boyfriend and you and, and now she says, well, he got the same rate. Yeah, he got the same rate, but he billed every hour of every day. <laughs> I mean, come on, you're kidding me. And then you take lavish vacations together for his seven hundred thousand dollars that you paid him. Oh, my God. I mean, how dumb do you have to be to not think you're not going to get away with it? I mean, it's just astounding. I, I, there's no way that she's not going to re- withdraw from this case. Her, her hearing is February 15th. We found out about this like an hour ago. I am betting you right now there's no way that by the time she goes, uh, the hearing will be uh, probably canceled because she's, she's going to have to take herself out of it. There's no way. Can you imagine Never. the news coverage? <laughs> no. She's not. She is going to make them take her down so she can scream racist. Yeah, I guess she wants to be mayor one day. I th- somebody said, you know, that was her original plan is to make a name for herself and then run for freaking mayor. And I, I'll bet that's true. I'll bet that's true. And of course, she's throwing the race card already. She says the only reason that they scrutinized her side piece, Nathan Wade, was because he's black. Uh, and the other two guys working for are white. Well, he's also the only one you're sleeping with. That might be one reason they scrutinize it, because you're having sex with him while he was married to somebody else. And then as soon as she hired him, the next day he filed for divorce. Talk about a homewrecker. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I mean, this is unbelievable. <laughs> God. Anyway, uh, 328. Uh, coming up, one of the great headlines of all time. Also, uh, the story of how, if you're illegal, you get to go to the front of the line to get out of here on a free airline ticket, apparently, too. <laughs> and why we uh, we don't want people to do, uh, take uh, over the Statue of Liberty and throw it in the ocean. The freaking liberals are at it again. Um, I do want a, a quick thing for our break here in the afternoon. <laughs> As you, I want to thank uh, Flounder. I want to thank Amanda, our uh, open fuhrer of our uh, social media uh, commandante. Uh, the, uh, this morning, as you know, I, I feed video. I take videos every day at the st- every weekend at the stable of horses and uh, playing around. And then uh, one or two times, a, uh, one video or two videos a day, I feed during the week on Facebook and YouTube. I used to do Rumble, but they won't let me do it, so screw them. So I do, okay, so YouTube this morning, I'm ready to feed on YouTube, and all of a sudden a thing popped up, and it says, YouTube would like access to have everybody on YouTube look at your stuff, or something like that. And I said, no, no, I don't want to do that. And then I, and then I, so I did that, and then I wanted to try to feed my videos by going into my YouTube thing, and when I hit the little dial, the little X thing to get you to go to your photos, they were all gone. And I thought, oh, my God, I've just erased all my photos. My photos, I can't do, do YouTube anymore. They're gone. Where the hell are they? And I couldn't get them back. So I, so I immediately, I, you know, so I kind of get the flounder. And, he, and he, uh, oh, there was another thing he had to help me with first about uh, getting rid of a message with some tag thing. I don't even know what that is. Uh, anyway, uh, so on the YouTube thing, so uh, and I thought, oh my God, they're gone, and these go, these go back years. They go back like from 2010 before I came back to work while I was retired in Florida with Jack the Good Boy. Anyway, uh, so uh, so if I, then I saw Amanda right before the show, and I said, oh, you got, I said, you know about all this stuff. So she goes in, sweet, sweet girl, and she says, well, you have to go in your settings. And so she took my phone, and she didn't even know where my settings little doohickey was on the screens. So she typed in something, went to my settings, <laughs> you know, did. The boom, 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 diddly wabbly with her fingers is unbelievable. Got into the thing, got into the YouTube, got into the limited or not limited, and fixed it out, and I got them all back. So they're now there. And I just, and again, but here's the thing I felt like such an idiot because when the original notice came up and it said, Do you want to allow access to all YouTubers to your photo? I said, No, I don't want anybody who's on YouTube to go into my phone. But that's not what it meant. <laughs> how am I supposed to know that? I mean, how am I, I'm not supposed to know what they're mean by that. If I'd have known that, I wouldn't have this problem. 
<laughs> I'm an educated man. I feel like an idiot. Any nine-year-old could help me out there. Anyway, thank you, Amanda, and thank you, Flounder. I feel so much better. I think I'll go back to school. God. <laughs> 3.30, get repeated, Flounder. I'll be better now. <laughs> Look out. City died from complications of rheumatoid rheumatoid arthritis, colitis, and pneumonia. Glenn Fry uh, co-founded the Eagles 1971 with Don Henley, Bernie Leiden or Leiden, I think it is, and Randy Meisner. After the breakup of the Eagles in 1980, Don uh, Glenn Fry embarked on a solo career. Went on to score top 40 hits: "The One You Love," "Smuggler's Blues." The heat is on, and you belong to the city. Uh, Glenn Fry died at the age of 67 in uh, 2016 at this day. Our quick birthday list includes uh, Jason Siegel, the uh, comic actor, Marshall on How I Met Your Mother, uh, 44 years old. Is he married that little brunette hottie? What's your name? The little actress chick? Uh, Jason Siegel or not? Is it, who's married that little, uh, little hottie girl, also an actress? You know what I'm talking about? No. Well, who's, who is the guy the on the show? The one with the face? Yeah. <laughs> well, who's the one on how? You're, this you're is how I met you. for a network, maybe? Or? <laughs> you know that woman. Well, he was one you of know, the. Well, who's the tall the blonde? One. The tall blonde actor is married to the little tiny little petite little brunette girl. Uh, she was also one of the series chick on one of those famous series. Oh, Willie Allen? No, Aldrin. Oh no, no. Anyway, I'll I'll think of it. Uh, sorry, Jason Siegel's forty-four. I'll think of it. What the hell is her name? Uh, <laughs> no one else will. Well, it's, oh God. Uh, well, somebody there. There. Uh, who's the? What was the show uh, where the? Uh, uh, it was How I Met Your Mother the one with the uh, the redhead and the uh, and the and the uh, tall blonde? Yeah. Okay. She, she wasn't a blonde. You're th- uh, the, the gay guy. I don't remember. Neil Patrick Harris. No, that was that's not what I'm thinking of. I screwed up. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. It, believe me, it'll come to you, and I'll tell you, and you'll think I'm an idiot. And you'll be right, of course. Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> On this day in 19... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, something like Nina, but it's not in it. Uh, it's a shortened first name. Really cute little brunette, little blonde, teeny. Um, oh, God, I, I'm killing myself. Uh, 1980, Studio Kristen? 50. Nope. Not Kristen Bell. She was a brunette. Uh, oh, God, I hate this. I just hate this. All right, move along. Let's move along. 1980, Studio 54 owner Stephen Rubel <laughs> and Ian Schrager 
were sentenced to three and a half years in prison for tax evasion and fined $20,000 to Studio 54 owners. Ian Schrager was pardoned by President Puttitat, the divider-in-chief in 2017, now owns a line of massively successful upscale hotels. And Steve Rubel died of AIDS in 1989. So that's what happened to Studio 54. Uh, M- M- Melissa Kunis. M- Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Who married her? Mina Kunis. Ashton Kutcher. Okay, there you Ashton go. See, Kutcher. I told you. Bl- tall, blonde actor guy. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Boom. The camera. Da- he brought it back. It came through my brain you right said, out you, to the front. You what? said Jason Siegel. Well, no, I, I, I said, I said wasn't, isn't Jason Siegel, who's a tall, blonde actor, comedy actor, and I said, is he the one married to that little teeny brunette girl? He's not blonde. He's a brunette. Well, so I got, like, one thing wrong. Anyway, so I said, so who's a blonde guy married to the little teeny girl? And I just came up with it myself. And it was Mila Kunis, Uh, who I was trying to think of. Ashton Kutcher. Oh, my God. Uh, Well, anyway. (laughs) Well, I got her name right. Hey, I got to tell you, I'm pretty proud that I came around and got her name out of my mouth. So... Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to apologize. I I can't help it. You know, in my life, okay, I'm, this is all I got, okay? This, this is... keep, keep my wife's name out, out of your, your mouth. mouth. <laughs> Bam. <It's> a... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lordy. What five fingers say to the face? <laughs> They're going to fire me. <laughs> They're going to say, that's it. We just just... <laughs> Uh, 340 with a kibber, feet, and flounder. I guess there's no sense giving the phone number. <laughs> it would be part of this. Anyway, how about this for a headline? And this was a, a, one of the lead stories a couple hours ago. Here's how the, How's this for a headline? Uvalde cops listened as gunmen shot kids who called out for help and still did nothing. Damning DOJ report reveals as it singles out police chief and sheriff for 77 minutes of inaction that cost lives of 19 children and two teachers during massacre. Boom. What a headline. This, of course, was in 2022, the Robb Elementary School. And the new Justice Department reports almost 600 pages. Talk about failures from the beginning to the end. Uh, just a couple of quickies here because this is a rather major thing. And, so, of course, the parents, uh, the families of the victims were, you know, waiting for this to see if anything new happened or if they found out something they didn't know before. A couple of highlights. Uh, they singled out the police chief in particular, uh, but they the, the report did not recommend how anybody should be punished. They just r- reported what had happened that day. Uh, outdated technology, no training, false, uh, failed communication, no leadership. It took 77 minutes for 376 lawmen and women at the scene to kill the 18-year-old murderer who killed 21 people in multiple classrooms. It took 77 minutes to kill him. Some bullet wound victims were put on buses without even being alerted to the medics. And some parents were told their children had survived the mass shooting when, in fact, they had not. Another problem, police chief uh, Aaron Dondo uh, was slammed in the federal report for intentionally not trying to save people who were alive and trapped in the classrooms with a shooter. He acknowledged that there were victims and deceased in the room with a shooter and intentionally prioritized the evacuations over immediate breach and entry into the room. This is counter to active shooter response principles, which state the priority is to address and eliminate the threat. Let me say that again. The priority is to address and eliminate the threat. Go get him. 
even if you die doing it in a hail of freaking gunfire. Where do they get these people? <clears throat> Sorry. Number two, the sheriff named Nolasco did not seek out or establish a command post, establish unified command, or share the intelligence he learned from the, the uh, relatives of the shooter. He didn't assign anybody to gather intelligence on the subject or do anything about what, what, they, what they have in front of them and what's going to happen. Without proper command and control, a game warden and a constable were taking on the roles traditionally performed by the incident commander. There was a lack of urgency. No one questioned the decisions. Uh, the uh, chief and the acting chief uh, in the classrooms did not treat the shooting as active. Uh, it was uh, They tro- uh, treated it as a barricaded subject rather than an active shooter. The decision made, despite the fact multiple rounds of gunfire could be heard all over the school, 10 sim- uh, simultaneous events that should have driven the lawmen response to take steps to immediately stop the killing, but they did not. Multiple survivors heard people say, help, help, if you need help, at which point a kid said, help and help, and then the killer shot the kid dead. And the police, even after that, did not respond. They heard the boy yell, help, help, and then the shooter killed him, and then the police still didn't go in there. There was confusion of who was in charge, what to do, what was going on. No attempt to confront the active shooter and rescue the kids. And now a Democrat senator says the families don't even, can't even sue the Department of Public Safety or anybody else because of governmental immunity. So he now wants Texas to pass a law to give parents and families permission to sue the state. So at least they can get something, and I guess for revenge or justice or whatever, closure, call it what you want. Uh, there were uh, a couple quick things. Uh, a scene showed multiple police officers hanging around in corridors outside the fourth grade classrooms while the shooter was writing LOL on a whiteboard with the blood of his school victims. He holed up in two adjoining classrooms, went in the killing spree. Uh, students still making panic 911 calls when the police were one wall away. Finally, a U.S. Border Patrol team burst into the classroom and killed the bastard which was a little on the late side, but they got him. Good Lord, 345. All right, well, we got... <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, coming up, whether you should mention Jesus on NBC. Uh, we'll stride out there. It's quarter of four with the Kimber Pete and Flounder. And Flounder's Funny's coming up, too. We got all that good stuff. Look out. It's a bit old. Rubali, Rubala, what is it? What's it? Obladi, There you go. <laughs> silly little love song, eh, Paul? Anyway, we play little Beatles. Here we go. Right, sing the song with the Beatles. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, it was on this day, 2011, the largest collection of Beatles memorabilia went on display in a museum in Buenos Aires, Argentina. A 53-year-old accountant turned his mammoth Beatles collection into a museum. He had 8,500 objects, set the world record for the largest collection of Beatles stuff, including a box of condoms bearing the names of John Lennon and Yoko Ono, a brick from the Cavern Club, 
a chunk of the stage from the Star Club in Hamburg, and certified copies of the band members' birth certificates. Among his favorite items were 54, I'm sorry, 64 boxes of chewing gum in the form of Beatles records. <laughs> anyway, the auction. Now, Flounder, there's uh, on your uh, music list here, Flounder, of course, a musical director, there's another Beatles thing at the end. Is that for another Beatles song? Or uh, uh, just checking? Good. Double uh, dose. Uh, double dose today. Very exciting. I look forward to it. Um, also, uh, our uh, birthday list includes Jesse L. Martin, the actor, 55, Detective Joe West on The Flash. He was Detective Ed Green on Law and & Order, and Tom in Rent. I didn't see that stuff, but Jesse L. Martin's 55 years old today. And on this day in history, 1967, Albert DeSalvo was convicted in Cambridge Mass of armed robbery, assault, and sex charges, sentenced to life in prison in 1967. That life sentence turned out to last about six years because he was the Boston Strangler, and six years after he got convicted, another prisoner killed him. So he got his uh, just reward. Uh, three fifty-two with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Uh, uh, did my voice just? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your balls drop. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm a man. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, coming up, you're going to hear uh, uh, C.J. Stroud talking about what happened in editing on NBC. And uh, you want you want to do a little uh, something here before we do that because that may take a second. Also, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. What I was actually saying, maybe let's do a flounder's funny here. There we go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, okay, don't you? All righty. This is a lady by the name of Kathy Ladman. Ah, Kathy. Pretty funny there stuff. There we go. Yeah. I know this girl. And here she is. Such a yeah. weird concept, isn't it? It's so random. Like, I'll, I'll get up in the morning, go into the bathroom, look in the mirror. Gee, uh, I don't look so good. Maybe if my eyelids were blue, I'd be more attractive. <laughs> Where did that come from? Okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> Women don't want that. We don't want to look like toucans. That's not what we're going for. We want like, what men want. Everybody wants to look younger. And gravity is making that impossible. That's why I keep a mirror by my front door to make sure I look presentable when I leave the house. So I was leaving the house recently, I looked in the mirror, and I saw something on my neck. So I leaned in a little more closely to see what it was, and it was my neck. <laughs> my neck was hanging from my neck. How depressing is that? But I'm not getting plastic surgery. No, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. The most I'm willing to do is to hold my upper arm flaps back with chip clips. Because <laughs> I don't want to hurt anyone when I'm waving goodbye. <laughs> Kathy what? What's her name? Laudman. Hey, Kathy Laudman. Laudman. <laughs> Very Laudman. funny lady. Uh, it's good to have female comedians. There used to be a whole bunch of them. And I don't know if there are any uh, uh, any females doing stand-up these days. Yeah, there's, she, yeah. Yeah, there's some out there for sure. Yeah. Women are funny. There you go. Uh, three, <laughs> 350, uh, 354. Not, there we not. go. Uh, 354 with a camera, Pete and Flounder. Here's the number, 404-741-1230, 741-1230. In the news, uh, this happened the other day and is kind of getting some uh, public reaction on social media and elsewhere concerning the word Jesus and our Lord and uh, Savior and stuff like that coming over on television. 
Uh, the story goes of the uh, AFC wildcard game with the Houston Texans quarterback, C.J. Stroud. He's the rookie. I mean, th- this guy's been fantastic all year. He uh, had a terrific victory, 45-14 to 14 blowout over the Browns. And afterwards, he was interviewed on NBC by Catherine Tappan. And before that, talking about their flashy performance, uh, he uh, uh, said this, and it came back a little bit to the haunt. Here's the first part of, of what uh, – actually, do we have the edited thing first? Uh, Flounder, is that what you want to do? Yeah, the edited one is played first. Uh, here's what happened uh, when NBC, the account, published a video of him talking to the girl, and here's what that came out after they had changed it. In your first NFL season and a record-setting performance for you, what does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been, but Okay, he praises the city and uh, is a short time. Here, actually, is what he said when he was interviewed after the game. First of all, I just want to give all glory and praise my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing. Uh, he, he started praising Jesus Christ. Now, uh, that's all. I did not see this live, and all I know was the story is that he was interviewed and uh, decided to praise our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. First and foremost, want to give all my glory to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, and, uh, the moment was uh, tainted because NBC cut out his praise for Jesus in their social media interview of uh, interview afterwards of the rookie quarterback. And so, okay, now we got a thing going where they're saying, how come NBC and TV edits out him praising Jesus? Uh, now, I didn't see it live, but Pete Davis, you did. Uh, uh, give us your take, because uh, you told me something. I had no idea about this when he started talking. Well, well you know what? I thought we were going to play the whole cut. We don't we have don't the have whole it. cut. We don't have the we whole don't ha- Okay. Yeah. So you'll have to explain it. You'll have to describe it. Uh, okay. Basically, and we talked about this beforehand, how you feel a little uncomfortable if people keep going on and on. I also feel the same way. I'm a card-carrying Christian, but once you've given out the thanks to God, they're there to talk about the football game. You're there to do a job. There's a time and place for everything. And he kept going. In fact, he kept going longer than any other athlete I've ever seen. And I was starting to feel uncomfortable. I'm thinking, look, there comes a point where by proselytizing so much, you're turning more people off than you're turning them on. And that's all he kept talking about instead of the game. And and for to her credit, she let him go. She didn't interrupt him yeah. and, and everything. But I, I don't agree with what they did later by, you know, editing the thing but frankly he went on he went on farther than any athlete i've ever heard well two things when we talked about the story before the show today i said and i totally agree if i am i get very uncomfortable with any kind of public uh, talking about uh, spirituality of religion, uh, talking a, a, a lot about Jesus and uh, our Lord and Savior and things like that. If it happens a lot publicly, I get uncomfortable with it. I think it, I, I take it privately, and I, it might be my age bracket. I don't know. I'm just saying it makes me uncomfortable. I'm glad they you know, praise the Lord, but if you're doing it all the time on TV, you know, it just makes me very uncomfortable. And when Pete described it, he went on and on and on and on. I'm thinking, well, now I think what they should have done, they should have allowed, when they were playing this back in editing, they should have allowed him to say, I want to, you know, thank my uh, Jesus, my Lord and Savior, and boy, what a great game, and then, you know, do at least, you know, that he did that. But you didn't have to play the whole, like, four minutes of him, uh, you know, mm-hmm. praising God. Anyway, it's a, now it's a thing on social media. 
<laughs> he made Tim Tebow look like a Satanist. Okay. I mean, well, again, I, I think that if I had seen it, I would have said the same thing that you did. Is said, boy, this is really making me uncomfortable. Not because it's wrong. It's just you no. know, it's it's personal. It's There's like a you time would, and place. You, yeah, you wouldn't want you know. Uh, well, anyway, uh, yeah, that's all. Now check this out. Just in this just broke on Fox. I got it in front of me on my iPad. Mississippi mother's post of her son's disciplinary a- uh, incident has gone viral. Here's what happened. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Shona Coleman wrote on Facebook, my son just got this notice from school for saying Jesus Christ. Now, again, folks, I'm saying this. I'm, I'm quoting a story here, so don't be all, you know, anti-Semitic on me. Uh, it was a photo of a parental notice of disciplinary incident from the elementary school in South Haven, Mississippi. Uh, the notice checked unacceptable language. Uh, they had a conference with a student, and apparently the note said the son said Jesus Christ when he dropped the Legos he was cleaning up after recess. <laughs> now, they said, the school said it's possible a student could be corrected for a disrespectful use of Jesus Christ's name, uh, but a student would never be disciplined for simply saying Jesus Christ, and several schools in the district have Christian fellowships that meet on campus, so now they're having a whole big thing about this little, he's seven, and the mom says, I don't know what's so sad this world's coming to. They need Jesus Christ at the school. We had to continue to pray for our children. Show me a policy where Jesus Christ is unacceptable language. <laughs> Four o'clock. Well, it is in South Haven, Mississippi. Four o'clock with a giver feet and flower. Drop your Legos. Up to Daisy. <laughs> And W292EV Marietta on Dickey Broadcasting Station. This hour is presented by Atlanta Safe House. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. (laughs) Hey, hey, how's it going? It's only me. It's only the camera with Pete and Flounder. It's 4.03. On 106.3 and our number 404-741-1230, on this very day, animals in Michael Jackson's private zoo were declared to be in good health after officials paid a surprise visit to the Neverland Ranch. A medical officer from the Department of Agriculture inspected the property after concerns voiced by the animal rights group PETA, uh, people eating tasty animals. Uh, Michael Jackson earlier had moved out of uh, Neverland and had taken up residence in Bahrain in the Middle East. 
and they were concerned about the state of his animal's health, so they checked it out. And let's say birthdays include, uh, or if you watch 30 Rock, the TV show 30 Rock, <clears throat> One of the fun characters I thought was really a fun character was the guy who played Jonathan, the blonde-haired, kind of goofy, geeky guy from Stone Mountain, Georgia. Well, his name is Malik Pancholi, uh, who played Jonathan on 30 Rock and Sanjay on Weeds. Uh, he's 50 years old today, so happy birthday to them. Uh, 30 Rock, once again, one of the one of the greatest series of all time. And and uh, the, the Baldwin brother guy, whichever one it was, is one of the greatest comedic actors I've ever seen on that show. He was he was really, it was a great role. As much as I think he's a jerk and a, a hideous, uh, disgusting slime bag. Uh, 405 with a camera, and on this day in history, let's see, we got something here somewhere. I know I did. I know I did. Um, uh, well, speaking of Michael Jackson, let's do this. Uh, 1996, Lisa Marie Presley said it just didn't work out after only a year and a half, so she filed for divorce from Michael Jackson on this day in 1996. Lots of theories as to why they got married in the first place, needing each other's fame or money, deflecting child abuse charges against him, using Michael to help launch Lisa's career. There was a lot of different speculation. Either way, it lasted about a year and a half, and that was a ballgame. And uh, let's see. Well, that's fine. we got to move on. Uh, 405, I have an update on uh, what's going on with the President Showers with Daughters alma mater, one of them where we uh, got, got apparently a bunch of money and influence. That's coming up. First of all, this is a rather bizarre story. Uh, uh, Pete, did someone send this to you or uh, like a Facebook thing? Uh, this guy, Dave, and Dave is here, snapped a picture at a pre-TSA line at the airport and here's, he says, this is the state of absolute insanity happening at our airports. I'm in the pre-TSA line where immigrants don't have to have an ID to get through security. And they can choose whether to have their picture taken. Dave writes, it's a plan to destroy America. And he sends us a picture of the notice. And the notice says, non-U.S. citizen document validation using CP1 technology. Uh, we're testing the use of the thing of certain TSA checkpoints to validate adult non-U.S. citizens' travel documentation when the traveler does not otherwise have an acceptable form of identification. So this is how they're helping them get through the line if they have squat for an ID. Here's how it works. One, notify the TSA officer you're an immigrant. Two, didn't say illegal America. Two, the TSA officer will take a photo, optional. If requested, provide your alien identification number uh, or, th uh, or biographic information. And four, follow officer's instructions. You may decline to have your photo taken. Yes, if you don't wish to have your photo taken, please notify a TSA officer. You'll provide your alien identification number, even if you don't want to have your photo taken. So uh, we're just going to verify the information you previously provided uh, and will not. Uh, uh, we will not store your information because your information is verified through through the CPA would test one thing. TSA also will not store your information as part of this process. Well, I think that's awfully white of them, don't you think? <laughs> and, and by the way, these people are they're not paying for the airline tickets. They don't have any money. They're no. getting free airline flights. Yeah. Oh, my God. In fact, I remember reading something not too long ago about people in the airline going, hey, how come those people are all in first class? You know, from Bolivia or, you know, Costa Rica. They didn't buy those tickets. That's just unfreaking believable. And by the way, check this out. Just in now, in fact, I'm using my iPad <laughs> sitting here in front of me. Uh, University of Pennsylvania 
which hosts uh, President Showers with Daughters Think Tank, is seeing its Chinese donations soar, including from communist sources. Yes, reviewed records show the uh, Biden's think tank, the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. My God. Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, uh, found itself under a microscope after documents found at the center led to questions regarding Chinese donations to the university uh, as harboring the think tank because of President Joe crime family. Well, new records show the University of Pennsylvania recently saw its donations from China exponentially swelling from its previous reporting period, including money from individuals and institutions with ties to the Chinese Communist Party. It's all tied to the tied to the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, what's not tied 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 to the Chinese Communist Party? Uh, it's no surprise the donations have continued to surge, according to the executive director. It's another clear signal our institutions of higher education have become instruments of foreign influence under an administration that projects weakness on the global stage. The tripling of Chinese donations at the University of Pennsylvania, home to Biden's think tank, should raise serious alarms among lawmakers who are interested in curbing the growing power of the Chinese Communist Party. Records indicate the university pulled in $25 million in last year. Well over the $8 million it did the year before. <laughs> it tripled. Holy smokes. Uh, nothing wrong, though, here probably, huh? Anybody have any problem with this? <laughs> uh, you got to love it. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that with all the people pulling their money from the Ivy League schools because they're, we found out they're anti-Semitic, no. that suddenly the Chinese are stepping in and replacing some of that money. Yeah, hard to, just, hard to explain, really, when you look at it, I guess, probably kind of a secret. Uh, let's see. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of, of the liberals and what they're after, a Democrat named Maxwell Frost from Florida is getting mocked for introducing a bill in Congress which would basically remove the Statue of Liberty because there is a bill in Congress. And by the way, Republicans are caving on this thing again. But the new, uh, it would, the new bill would restrict asylum process for people crossing the border and require uh, construction of the border wall. But, of course, that's going to be a problem because they're also caving into uh, Ukrainian stuff and, and, and the business of, uh, you know, asylum. And by the way, they're talking about asylum. Democrats are already proposing asylum for all these people to clear up the problem. They say one after another, heard them again today. Well, you know, if we're going to clear all this up and we just grant asylum and then, you know, make make him be able to be part of America and everything will be fine. Okay. Uh, anyway, he's now, I, I, he's got, in fact, a founder, I think we have a little soundbite of this guy. This freshman guy named Frost wants to tear down the Statue of Liberty. To my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, let's be honest with immigrants who deserve better than what you're offering them. Don't welcome immigrants if you plan to reject them. If you keep pushing your bigoted H.R. 2 bill, then also pass this bill. I've taken the liberty of drafting it for you. It removes... The Statue of Liberty, our largest symbol that tells people to come here. This is who you are, removing the fabric of America. So I want to know which Republican who supports and voted for H.R. 2 will introduce this bill. <laughs> yeah, this is what they're concerned about. Uh, some of the reaction includes uh, Democrats can't decide if they want to topple statues or have them make laws for us. Another, there's only one party in this country that wants to tear down statues, and it's not the Republicans. 
Well, uh, mentioning mayors, Eric Adams isn't a Republican. Brandon Johnson isn't a Republican. None of the other mayors crying about immigrants are Republican, not one of them. The country's going to hell because people keep electing morons like this. They said, I guess New York and Chicago should stop uh, complaining about all the immigrants. <laughs> you can be for legal immigration in a secure border, not something we have to choose between. And somebody can say, yeah, he should sponsor a family. An illegal alien should be sent to his district. The compassionate thing to do. Uh, uh, thank Governor Abbott. Good Lord. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Give me your tired, your poor doesn't mean anybody can come in and will take care of you. That's never been the point of immigration. No other country in the world does that. Nobody ever. Oh, Lord. Uh, 413. All right, how you going? Oh, we got so much more. Oh, oh, just in. Michelle Obama could sneak her way into the race of the presidency, according to a New York columnist. Uh, we'll kind of talk about some of that stuff, too. With a Kira Payton flounder, 413 on 106.3. <laughs> Here we go. Old on this day in 1989, Stevie Wonder became the youngest living person inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, it's all right, back time, Dad. Old days of rock and roll. Wow. Hey, we got a round mound of sound in our town clock. We have a rack of stacks of wax in our tracks. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Stevie Wonder. Uh, he was a ceremony held at the Waldorf Astoria in New York. Other inductees at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on this day in 1989 included the Stones, the Temptations, Otis Redding, and Dion DiMucci, Dion of the Belmonts. This was a Stevie's thing here. Oh, I just lost my iPad thing. I got a story on there about Michelle. Hold on. One, two, this is 666. Thing. Here we go. Uh, our birthday list includes Dave Attell. I was joking about that number. Uh, Dave Dave's Attell. not here. Dave is here now. He's the comedian, uh, 59 years old today. Dave Attell, the, uh, he had a Showtime series called Dave's Old Porn, where he sat around cracking jokes watching 70s and 80s movies. <laughs> but I've heard him before on uh, 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 Sirius XM. He's a funny guy. He's a pretty funny guy. Uh, Dave Attell at 59. And on this day in history, it was in 1788, the first British convicts arrived at Australia's Botany Bay. They established their penal uh, colony a week later. Uh, fun fact, you Star Trek fans know something about something I just mentioned. Do you know what I'm talking about, Pete? Anything strike your fancy there in the last 10 seconds about Star Trek? About Star Trek? Yeah. I just did that no. sentence. The convicts arrived in Australia at Botany Bay in uh, 1788. Anything? Oh, the Botany Bay was uh, um, one of the ships. Aha! Star Trek fans know the Botany Bay, the name of the ship commanded by Khan and his genetically Khan. enhanced crew of space colonists. Yes, these are the voyages of the Starship <laughs> Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, and new civilizations. 
to boldly go where no man has gone before. Uh, she's finally giving it up. Is she? Da, 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 da. All right, 422. I just saw, I, I, by the way, hold on. Scott and Helen got phone calls. Uh, I just saw me the other day, and it was, it was uh, Shatner uh, and, and, and uh, Dr. Bone standing together, and uh, William Shatner was saying, uh, Jim, there's a man all sick, and, and, and he's throwing up in the hallway. And, 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 and Bone says, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a... Oh, that's right. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, uh, 422. To the phones, here's Scott with the Kimber, Pete, and Flounder. Hey, Scott, you're on the radio, man. What's up? Hey, buddy. How are you? Doing so, good. Tuesday morning on the AM show, I just caught the tail end of this story, and I need you to to, to verify it. But right. uh, you know how far and in between the VA hospitals are, and to help to help veterans out, they've opened a lot of clinics. Yeah. And they've done this. They've done this massively on all of our border states. Well, the tail end of the, of the story I heard Tuesday morning on on your station was they are displacing the vets so that they can stick the illegals in the clinics, house them, and medicate them. It, what's going on? Is is this true? Oh, I'm sure. I, I guarantee it is. A- absolutely, I, I, I don't. I, I didn't hear that particular part. Of the, I listen every day from six to ten, but I, I, there are parts I miss. Obviously, I'm taking a shower, or whatever. Uh, so I didn't hear. I don't remember hearing that part of the story. But I, I'm I, hell. They did the same thing for the Army Navy game. They kicked out people, veterans' families who were there to watch a stupid Army Navy game up in Massachusetts, and they kicked all of them and them out of the, all the hotel reservations they had. Said, "Well, you can't come after all because they were housing all the illegal immigrants." I mean, how they do oh it. They, they, yeah, they sneak them in at night. They, they go to airports at 2 o'clock in the morning and fly them all free wherever they want to go for free. Our money. Wow. Well, it's not free. It's our tax money. And I guarantee you yeah. they displace the veterans. <laughs> the veterans are easy to displace. What are they going to do? They're old. You know, you ever been to a veterans hospital? You want to, be, you want to feel bad one time? Uh, hang around a veterans hospital. Just walk through the hallways and see what you see. Oh, no. I, 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 God bless them. God bless you guys. Yeah. I mean... Dear God, you know, That's, I, yeah, yeah, I know. It's, I just wanted to verify this story. I just, it, it, I mean, I got chill bumps on my arms right now. I, it's, I'm so pissed off. Yeah, I don't blame it. Listen, thank you, Scott. Again, I, I did not hear exactly what they were talking about, but my guess is that they were saying that the veterans were kicked out, had to find other. Well, we know that's true. I, I mean, a place in one place after another. Didn't they just do it in New York or Chicago? I just read about it where they, they told the veterans they have to get out. Hell, in fact, remember, there was a story, a, a highlight story of some guy that was like 84 years old, and they told him he had to leave because they needed the housing for the, for the immigrants. And had to make other arrangements. My God, 425. Um, uh, to the phones, Helen is uh, chatting. Hello, Helen. Welcome aboard. I appreciate you calling. What's going on? Well, thank you. I hope I'm really not too late on the subject, but every time anybody starts on the poem about the Statue of Liberty, it just flies all over me. <laughs> because Emmer Lazarus was not elected to anything anytime and had nothing to do with the concept, the manufacture, or the delivery of the Statue of Liberty. Um, the, the thing was conceived in 1865 by France, who wanted to give America a present for our birthday of yeah. 1876, right? Yeah. And they made it. It was called Liberty Enlightening the World. She features a tablet in her hand with 17 July 4th, 1776. It's to commemorate 
I'm sorry, I gotta calm down. No, that's all right. You're doing great. You're doing. It's hard being on the radio. Believe me, I. <laughs> if ever I, if I'm ever on the radio and someone's actually talking to me, I get, I start getting, I start breathing too much, and I start getting like this. So I know exactly what you're doing. You're doing great. Anyway, now keep going with your story on the plaque oh, of the Statue of Liberty. You're doing great. Don't worry. Kids, don't try this at home. <laughs> anyway, um, she was made with the plaque of the date of 1776, July 4th, 1776, to commemorate the Declaration of Independence, Mm -hmm. the first time that a nation stood up and said, screw you to monarchy. (laughs) Um, Let's just put it that way. I'm sure my teacher didn't. Um, But um, it was finally cast and delivered in 1884 in pieces, where it lay in parts around New York uh, City. Big, big chunks of it in, in Central Park, in fact, because Americans had to raise the money to have it put together and set somewhere. Yeah. And as part of the fundraising to get the money to put the thing together and stand it up, Emma Lazarus wrote a poem called The New Colossus. And the last few lines of it are the give me your tired, your poor, etc. Um, so it's not a law. Yeah. It was not part of the thing. Yeah. It's an ad campaign. That has persisted over 100 years. And um, it just bugs me to hell when people start talking about it is liberty enlightening enlightening the world, not Tom Bodette's leaving the light on for you. (laughs) Exactly. It doesn't mean anybody can get in anytime you feel like it for any reason and we'll take care of you. That's not it. We've got a front door. We've got a front door. And people coming in the front door are not treated the same as people crawling in the back window. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. You're absolutely right. I have lived as a guest worker in another country. I am the daughter of a first-generation American, and it just drives me up the friggin' wall. Well, there's, there's a way to do this. If you go to Mexico, if you're pregnant and you go to Mexico and have your baby in Mexico, your baby's not Mexican, and they're going to tell you to get the hell out of the country and go back where you belong. No other country in the world does this. No other country in the world allows you to do that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's nonsense. Nobody, no other country in the world has open borders like this. Well, you just, you know, what, what other countries had six million people come across in like two years? <laughs> well, I, well, I think Poland did in 1930. Well, Well, I remember the mayor of Paris in 1939 said, oh, here comes a German army table for 20,000, monsieur. (laughs) (laughs) We have Le Schnitzel Germanique. I love it. Anyway, Helen, I'm very glad you called. Thank you. You did great. And uh, call anytime. I appreciate you being with it. All right, sweetie. Oh, that's a threat, not a promise. All right, Dal. Thank you. I appreciate it. 429. Give her babes come through again. Swatoom with a Kimber Pete Flounder. You're on the radio, my friend. What's going on? Hey, Kimber, one thing I I got about the Democrats is uh, they think because I come from other country, I need hand down, pretty much. I need to be helped. But all all we need, I mean, when I came to America, I didn't want to get dependent on anybody, not government, not you, not anybody, but everything I want to get, it's by my own hands. And that's what I like about America right now is because I built my kingdom. And guess what? I will die for that kingdom. And America is the best country you can come to. Me. But you got to do it the right way, and uh, and we're and you're oh, yeah. part, and you're an American and a citizen, and you did the right way, and it must, I mean, it must gall you to hell to have people, you know, by the millions, literally by the millions, are just showing up and saying, "Well, I'm a refugee. Okay, come on in." Well, in in uh, 2000, I paid like 800 bucks to get my, uh, you know, uh, 
to start my citizenship process. Yeah, wow. And today they're giving it free, and I have lots of Mexico friends, South Africa friends, and who were like, just, we were just pissed because they were giving back then, they were giving the the citizenship for yeah. free, and here are us. I mean, back then, 800 bucks was a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, they're trying to change our country, Swatum. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. 4.30, Kimber Pete and Flounder coming up. Why Michelle Big Mike Obama... Uh, at least one uh, political observer in New York says uh, she's going to get in the race. Coming up, Kimmer Pete and Flounder next. experience on this day in 1967 was in Britain and they sang this song on top of the pops show live version of hey Joe they also played a show at the seven and a half club in Mayfair London afterwards in 1967 Jimmy Hendrix experience and on the birthday list Allison Armgrim is 62. Allison played Nellie Olson on The Little House on the Prairie. I think she was a little blonde chick with a funny haircut. Yeah. yeah annoying. Uh, no, very annoying, yeah. Uh, as are most children, frankly. I think we all know this. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Go away, kid. Uh, let's see. On this day, 1975, The Jeffersons debuted on CBS. It lasted 11 seasons. Until 1985, fun fact, it says here, the theme song for the Jeffersons was sung by Janet Dubois, who played Wilona Woods on Good Times and sang the song for the Jeffersons, which is bizarre. Yeah. That was a, 11 seasons. That's a long time in network television. Very long time. That's longer than All in the Family. Yeah. Which longer than yeah. pretty longer than pretty much but Bonanza probably or something like, you know, Law and Order maybe. I don't know. Uh, 437, Pete and Flounder. Here's a number. 404-741-1237-411230. Coming up, uh, the, uh, the president not in court today because of a sad occasion. And also how uh, one New York uh, political observer says uh, Michelle Big Mike Obama is going to jump in the race. First of all, should we do a, a, a game here? We've been uh, kind of postponing this. For, it's uh, 437, a camera feed and flounder with a game of all time, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a tremendous game right here with Pete Davis. Right here. i give you a choice here. All right. Okay? Yeah. We yeah. can do a game about state flags no. or a game about music. Oh, well, <laughs> music. Let's do music. <laughs> music? Yeah. All right. Music it is. Uh, I'm going to do, uh, somebody came up with a list, yeah. ultimateclassicrock.com is a list of the f- most annoying songs of all time. Okay? <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you the artist, and you try and guess which song of theirs is so annoying. Annoying okay? song. By, okay, by art. Yeah. Barry Manilow. 
Uh, Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> I like that song, but I know it's got to be the most annoying. Nope. No. Oh, well, then nope. uh, so, uh, nope. New England. So, something in New England. Uh, springtime in New England where he's waiting for uh, get, no, get the love back again. Get the love back again. Can't get the love Copa. back again. Yeah, Copacabana. Copa oh, I hate that. Oh, God, that's right. That's a horrible song. <laughs> you know, my starter wife, the one who did love me, that's the one, right. my favorite ex-wife, oh, uh, yeah. and I and my mother... If I'm not much, yeah, my, and my mother was visiting in New Orleans, and I took them to a Barry Manilow concert. And he came out in his tuxedo and the piano played. I mean, and did all he did all those commercials. He was he was famous for doing all those commercials, like McDonald's commercials. That was him. That was he. Uh, and it was fun. He was a very nice guy. But that annoying Copacabana is a horror. You're right on that one. Yeah, flounder. We literally got just one song into the game before he turned it. Made it about him. <laughs> well, you know whose name's on the show. I'm trying. You know, song. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm just sitting in here. <laughs> All right, you ready? Oh, Round hate two. That. Hate that song. Yes. This is an easy one, okay? Yeah. All right. Starland Vocal Band. Oh, Afternoon, Afternoon Delight. Delight. <laughs> yes. Afternoon oh, Delight. Oh, mercy. Oh, what a horrible song. Oh, they they got a summer TV show off that one stupid song. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> one stupid song. They did, so what summer right. TV you show? ready for round three? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What summer TV show? I don't they, remember They that. did a summer... They had a summer replacement show, the Starland Vocal Band oh Show. Oh, my God. Yeah, they I had their own know. show. Oh, brutal. <laughs> yeah. All right, number three. Yeah. James Blunt. You're everything. Or is it, was that, is it, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know the title of it. Yeah. You're beautiful. Yeah, you're beautiful. Yeah, you're beautiful. Yeah, yeah. God, that song sucks. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's uh, an easy one. That's easy. Okay, I'll bet here's chicks one. like that. Yes, sir. Ricky M- yeah, Ricky Martin. Vaviga Loca. Yeah, it was good. That's the only one I know. It always sounds like, it sounded like totally different lyrics, and I can't remember what I always used to think I was, but uh, uh, getting a chicken chula or something or other anyway. Is that, is that the correct Living answer? Living La Vida Loca. Living La Vida Loca. Yeah. All right, here's one you should get real easy. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. Your, Europe. No, I don't know what that's The like. Final Countdown? Oh, is that the one that... The uh, final uh, countdown. countdown. The Arrested Development TV show played that every single episode. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, well, that's that very annoying. All A right. list of annoying songs, all right. All right. Rick Dees and his cast of idiots. Oh, the Disco Duck. Disco Duck. There you that's are. That's right. <laughs> I haven't heard Disco that in 50 Duck. years. Oh, mercy. that now, was from the seventies. Here's 70s, one wasn't it? that uh, Flounder and I, yeah, Flounder and I will agree on this one, but you, uh, Kimber, won't like this one at all. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Hanson, Mbop. I love that song. I made Flounder put it on my magic music <laughs> Sing stick. It. Sing it for us. Mbop. Um, there's no words, so it's just Mbop. Game of chicken shot. Mbop. Mbop. This is, uh, hold on, it's coming up here. Before their balls drop. Yeah. Talk <laughs> about one hit wonders. Yeah. All right, let's go. move on. Yeah, 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 yeah. You ready? Yeah, I am. Share. <laughs> <laughs> if oh, I could the, turn back time. The gypsy one? Gypsy stamps no. and thieves? This song is annoying on two reasons. One, it's a horrible song. And two, it created the auto-tune craze. Oh well. Do you believe in love? Is it that one? Yeah. Oh, believe in love. Oh, they did yeah. all the synthetic yeah, the music. Yeah. yeah, that's right. 
But he, uh, yeah, yeah. he did that kind of a yodeling album. It's like Max Headroom or something. Which every rap song, oh, every rap God. song uses. Now, including that Apple TV commercial that I want to kill whoever yeah. came up with that one. I remember, yeah. you're right. It was some kind right, of synth- synthetic something or other which started the craze, and it was horrible. All right. Here's one only Kimmer will get. Yeah. Tom Jones. Delilah. <laughs> no, or, actually, that Delilah. was a huge hit. She's a lady. Uh, well, no. How about... No. Oh, wait a minute now. Uh, oh, God. Hold on a second. Um, it's not unusual. Oh, it's a, uh, yeah, I've got Tom Jones disease. Well, what, what is it, doctor? Is that, uh, is that scary? He says, well, it's not unusual. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I keep singing the green, green but grass to home, most... doctor. <laughs> well, it's Tom nope. Jones disease. Is that common? Well, it's not unusual. <laughs> a green, green grass to home. That's oh, this not, one. That's not the most annoying. No, that's not it. That's not it. What is it then? I don't know. No. It's What's New Pussycat. Oh, my God. From the movie, Peter Sellers' movie with uh, What's Her Name, the Hottie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. What's New Pussycat. <laughs> what's That's new right. Pussycat. And that was a, a okay. movie. That was a, yeah. Yes, sir. Now, here's one Flounder will get. All right. The Muppets. The Muppets. Oh, uh, the oh Muppets. Miss Piggy, the Miss Piggy song. Miss no. Piggy, what you do? Uh, let's see. The Muppets. Well, a great I don't know. I don't know I, that one. I can't one. think yeah. of one. Mana, mana, boo, boo, doo, doo, doo. Oh, that, yeah, mana, that's mana, mana. The mana, mana song. Oh, mercy. That, that came up in an episode of The Sopranos uh, during the marathon the other day. I think it was an unbelievable <laughs> mana, mana. Okay, okay. Nickelback. What's the most annoying Nickelback song of all time? Oh, Never I'm, been a wise man. What's that one? Uh, forget the name of it, I, though. I, I'm trying to think of the one I like. Is probably the one you don't like. Uh, I don't know any of them. Yeah. So. You know, she's a, well, there's something that's kind of a love song. Nickelback has kind of a love song, which I like, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I can't think of it offhand. I'm not good with the uh, It's Photograph. Oh, I... Th- uh, play that. Fl- Fl- can you play Photograph, or are we allowed to play that one by Nickelback? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, what that hold one. on real quick. I think I like that one, Nickelback. Yeah, don't get us in trouble on this. Now, what, what else by Nickelback would I know? Is there, are there other songs by Nickelback I would re- recognize the title question. of? I may know the songs. Oh, I don't know the titles. Well, sing some for me. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a famous meme because he's holding up a framed picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like this song. You do? Yeah, it's kind of a, I think, I don't know, I don't remember what the word is. you're gay. <laughs> all right, all right, this next one, both of you should know. All right. Ready? Yes. Ba- Baja Men. Baja Men? I never heard of them. I have no You've idea what you're song. talking about. I'll, I'll bet it. Who let the dogs out? Oh, God. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, mercy. (laughs) Okay. Well, well, there's more, but I think we're out of time. I appreciate you playing. It's okay. 445 with a Kimber Feed and Flounder. (laughs) And uh, there's so much more just like this coming up. I I know you can't wait. Either can we. (laughs) Hell, yeah. Bring us out with this one. Uh, the old stones, the Kimmer time stones. Four fifty-one, Kimmer beat and blouted. Well, told you once and I told you twice. Uh,
1965, the recording of the last time and play with fire at the RCA studio in Hollywood, California. On this day, 1965, producer Phil Spector played acoustic guitar on Play With Fire. This is the last time I played it. I like this song. Last time, baby, the last time. I don't know. No, The Stones. Four fifty-one. It was on this day in history in 1990. Washington D.C. Mayor Marion Barry was arrested in a drug enforcement sting after he was caught on videotape smoking crack with a hua in the hotel room, and then he got reelected. He ran for mayor again after this and got reelected. <laughs> and by the way, uh, okay, Marion Barry, the Democrat, smoking crack with a whore in a hotel room, and then later he ran for re-election and won, okay? Yeah. Donald Trump. Reconstruction. Donald Trump made the point the other day. Donald Trump was reflecting. He said, he said, my dear late mother is probably looking down from heaven wondering what in the hell is going on down here because Donald Trump says, you know, real, think about this. I have been indicted four times. Al Capone was only indicted once in his life, and he murdered people. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Holy crap. I mean, I mean, that's really hard to believe. Now, speaking of that, uh, Donald Trump's in the news. He, he's skipping his trial in New York today, the one where he's, I mean, what a railroad case, where he's already been ordered to pay $5 million, and the woman he supposedly slandered who claimed he raped her, and he said, I don't even know the girl, she's nuts, and because he slandered her, saying she's nuts, uh, she won. Uh, the, the judge said, "Well, we're going to give her five million, and she wants another ten million plus more millions for uh, for uh, being nasty about it." So that's going on. anyway. So Donald Trump uh, is is gone today because of his mother-in-law's funeral. Uh, and Donald Trump said uh, last night, we would assume a trial like this, it's not an emergency in terms of timing. The judge would have been very nice and let me go to the funeral and postpone the trial for a day or something. But he said, you know, in this trial, there's no reason for this in the first place. Uh, I understand, you know, it's a total thing is demeaning. Uh, so I asked the judge to delay the trial so I could go to the funeral. Uh, and he said, absolutely not. The trial goes on as is. Uh, the judge said, you can go on to the funeral and go to the trial, but you can't do both. Trump says, thought it was terrible. He would rather have me miss the funeral or go to the funeral and miss the trial. He's a nasty man, that judge, a nasty judge. He's a Trump-hating guy. It's obvious to everybody in the court it's a disgrace. Frankly, what's happening is a disgrace. He's an Clinton employee, uh, appointee, and uh, so Donald Trump didn't get to go. Uh, well, he had to go to skip the courtroom. And by the way, this is a Trump trial uh, back in May. Trump was liable, was not guilty of rape. She, uh, this woman claimed that he met her at the Berg, uh, Bergdorf Goodman department store across from Trump Tower in 1996 at some point. She's now 79 years old. She claims that uh, she was looking for a gift for a girl, and he uh, 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 dragged her into a changing room or something and raped her. Well, the jury said, no, well, we don't don't think he raped her, but he probably sexually assaulted her. So we'll find him guilty of that, even though this was 20 years ago or whatever, almost. Uh, and so they find him five million. The judge said, well, we'll find you five million on this. And now she's going back for more money. So that's that's where this whole thing started from. And now speaking of Donald Trump, 
Finally, uh, Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee has now decided that Fulton County uh, Tramp and uh, floozy uh, Fannie Willis will appear for a hearing on February 15th regarding the allegations that she hired her side piece and broke up his marriage, the homewrecker uh, Fannie Willis, and she has to go to court to explain herself. And of course, she already, and, and the Sunday church service, we played the video or the audio tape of that for you the other day uh, where she said, well, this is all racism. They only attacked one guy, the guy I hired because he's black. No, they attacked him because he was sleeping with you. You know, he's cheating on his wife with you. You should know better. And and then they go on these ritzy vacations after she made sure that he got paid almost $700,000. And, and last night, Jesse Waters, again, if you didn't see this, uh, Jesse Waters uh, said this guy once charged 24 hours of billing in one day. You know, when they get done with their, when they do their work and then they write up how many hours they spent. And he put, he put, he, he was working every hour of that 24 hour period. <laughs> oh boy. That's a great well, job yeah. if you can get it for 250 bucks an hour or whatever. Uh, uh, hey, that's enough. Hey, hey, camera. Yeah. That, that's another job he worked long and hard on. <laughs> but he was always willing to go above and beyond and do the extras like she had him in the palm of her hand. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, this woman... <laughs> My God, when you work <laughs> for when you work for Fanny, you work hard, my friend. You work hard and long, uh, and she appreciated him for well, all. Uh, he worked. He, <laughs> he worked under her. Well, there you are. <laughs> he worked under. Uh, her. And she said many times, uh, he has all the attributes of a great investigator, length and girth. So again, you know, these are the kind you can't demean this uh, this kind of thing, uh, Fanny. Oh my God! So they're going to investigate her. Thank goodness. I mean, it's freaking hard to believe, honestly. Oh, God. thanks for the reminder. What a forget there, Flounder. What's up? Before the show, I was walking down the street, and I saw a guy walking away from his car, and his lights were on. So I said, hey, sir, uh, you left your lights on. And he looked at me. He goes, my lights go off automatically. I was like, oh, wow. Mine do, too, after six hours. <laughs> I didn't pay extra for that. <laughs> Driving to the show tonight, I saw a sign for a sign store called Signs for Less. It was handwritten. <laughs> so I'm watching the movie Goldfinger. Not right now. <laughs> it's an old James Bond movie and there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where James Bond makes love to this woman he leaves the room, he goes to the kitchen to get some champagne but he gets knocked unconscious when he comes to he goes back to the room the woman is lying in the bed she's been completely painted gold and she's dead that's happened to me twice <laughs> and who's that guy? That is Bobby Tessel. Bobby Tessel. All right, thank you, Bobby. Uh, four fifty. Uh, almost. I was four fifty-eight. Yeah, with the camera, Pete and Flounder. Well, I have time to tell you about this. Uh, if you know the columnist and uh, political observer, she's been. I thought. I thought she'd been dead twenty years ago. Cindy Adams in New York is warning that Big Mike Michelle Obama is going to sneak her way into this presidential race. She says plans are to grab Michelle for the Democratic presidential choice, making the music as Barack the orchestra leader. The Obamas are now nudging to force slow-mo Joe to go drop out. And it's like, who else is there? 
She says uh, Biden won't debate. The Obama drumbeat has gotten louder. A Joe flopout offers probability that Michelle could wiggle in. Obama's negotiating to make that happen, she says, behind the scenes. The former first lady revealed she was terrified that Donald Trump might win during an interview uh, the other day on a podcast. The things that keep me up at night are that Donald Trump could eliminate our... Again, these are the same people who say that if Donald Trump wins, then he'll start murdering all the Democrats. These people are a disgrace, <clears throat> including Michelle Obama, the worst first lady we have ever had. She was a complete bitch to Melania Trump and to the American people. Entitled, snotty, uh, pff, God, you, how many words can you think of? The biggest bitch we've ever had as first lady. Cold, elusive, demeaning. Uh, God, it looks like we another. got breaking news here. All right, we got 10 we seconds got for the, the break. The government shutdown averted. The House passes a bill that will keep us funded through March. Okay, short term. Here we go again. Right. 5 o'clock, Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. We'll have more coming up. Stand by. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. Stand by. Look out. It's only me. It's only the Kimmer. It's going to be fine. With Pete Davis, sidekick producer at Sports Tour Extraordinaire, coming up in about 10 minutes. And the mechanical mangler flounder at the controls, as always. Nice to have you aboard. Uh, here's a number, 404-741-1230. 741-1230. And we got a billion things going on here. Holy crap, at sports and Pete's tweets and uh, flounder's funnies. And uh, little goofy things and weirdo things. And again, you just heard, I don't have much information on it yet. Uh, just quickly, that apparently they made a deal in the Senate and earlier in the House to pass a temporary spending bill, which is what we do, basically, and to avoid a government shutdown, theoretically. And it goes to President Stupid's desk, and he'll sign it. And then we'll have to do it all over again uh, after March, uh, whatever it is. So here we go. And again, you know, this is uh, it's because the Republicans are caving to everything. I'd rather, you know, we don't learn our lesson. They shouldn't be going along with any of these people. Ruin them. Make them cry. Seriously. I don't understand it. 
And the same thing about the, uh, you know, the bill with the money for Ukraine and tied into the border and all this other stuff. They're just caving. And, and I heard I heard it today. I heard a, a Democrat woman actually denying that they're going for amnesty. But she made it very clear that the Democrats now, is, and more than one has said this, so Democratic leadership have said the best way to solve this whole immigration thing is to uh, bring them in and to legalize them, to get rid of all this mess. And, we're not, we're, and she said, we're not talking amnesty. We're not talking amnesty. We're talking about a way to make them part of the American. American citizenship so they can get jobs and go to school and get all the things they do. But we're not talking amnesty. No, we and I were talking amnesty. That's right. (laughs) They're changing the meaning of words is what they always do. Like they changed vaccine, the meaning of what a vaccine was a few years ago. They're changing what amnesty means now. Yeah. Yeah, a vaccine is not necessarily anything more than an injection. And a vaccine, it does not, it was not what they've been claiming it would do. And now they're backtracking. Well, now they've all admit, they've already admitted, well, you know, we never, there was no science behind that whole six feet thing, you know. Remember all the grocery stores, the publics and the, all had the little yellow footprints is six feet away and don't, yeah. all that. It was People nonsense. would get yeah, mad. It was all crap. Yeah. And we all know that the masks were actually just holding the germs in to your face as opposed to blocking them from coming in. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. And it's a tragedy. I mean, just uh, horrible in every every stinking way. All right, 506. Um, bum, bum. So, again, they've uh, made a bill, temporary uh, thing with a thing, and uh, so what? It's great. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, can I do a, a weird thing that happened? When you, uh, anybody notice, whenever you see on a TV show or in the movies... Uh, particularly on TV show. Most let's, let's take the TV shows. Whenever you see a TV show and someone says, "Oh, well, uh, what's his number? I'll call him right now." When they dial the number, uh, when, when they say it out loud, they give the number as uh, area anything four zero four. And then, what are the first three numbers they always mention on a TV show when they're when they're uh, giving a number out loud for someone to dial? Five five five. Have you ever noticed that? Because there is no there is no prefix five five five. Every single TV show, from now on, you'll notice this. I guarantee you. Any every single TV show, when someone says, you know, like, you know, Law and Order, whatever, says, oh, what's the number? Well, it's seven two three five 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 one two seven four. Whatever. Every single one says five 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 because there is no five 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 until now. Yesterday on the TV show, I saw an ad for a for a law firm. And their number is 1-800-555-4026. I couldn't believe it. Uh, honestly, every TV show, you'll know if, if from now on, when you see a repeat of, an, of, of a TV show, if they're having, saying a number out loud, the, th- the three first numbers in the middle are 555 because they don't want people to call the numbers. Remember the old rock and roll song? Uh, ever, whatever they've got, 30421 or whatever. Eight, eight, six, seven, five, five, three, oh, nine. Yeah. And everybody started calling it. So they, from, and the rule was if you have a number out loud on a, on, on a TV show or whatever, I uh, always say the, the, the fake ones are 555. So nobody can call it. Anyway, just I couldn't believe it. I actually saw it. Uh, 508 with a Kimmer Pete and Flounder. Uh, the breaking stories, in case you just joined us. What's the matter? Real quick, it says here, telephone companies began encouraging the producers of television shows and movies to use the 555 prefix for fictional telephone numbers by the 1960s. Two of the examples included the second time around... And Panic in the Year Zero, which was in 1962. Yeah, again, there you are. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I grew up as a kid, and I, and I finally one day realized every <laughs> single time uh, it's 555. Every single time. And, and la- Lester, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I, I saw this commercial. I couldn't believe it. Well. Let, let's get back to you grew up as a kid. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> well, I get they're probably running out of numbers. I mean, we keep growing in population. Everybody's got, got a phone. Well, let, let, 
I want to go back to the old days of one, two, five, Breckenridge. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, Hillcrest. Yeah, Hillcrest two six five three two. That's my what? phone number what? from from nineteen fifty eight. What's the Elizabeth Taylor movie? Uh, Butterfield five. Uh, Butterfield uh, five uh, eight 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 or whatever. Butterfield. Four, Butterfield eight. Butterfield eight. Yeah, right. Butterfield eight. Call Hillcrest uh, for Hillcrest two six five three two was my phone number in nineteen fifty eight or fifty nine. I swear to God, I can't believe it. <laughs> Hillcrest two. <laughs> and of course, you had to know hey, that hey, Hillcrest it, meant H I, which then you had to look up on your phone dial to see what numbers they were. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know your childhood phone number. I know my childhood phone number from Kings Park Circle Decatur in nineteen sixty nine. Flounder, do you know your childhood phone? number uh yes i do it was four four eight oh seven three nine and from from when uh, you were a little kid yep from the from uh because i lived in one i grew up in one house we didn't move or anything until yeah. my parents retired well so. i uh, uh, i will and i will admit to this too if you ask me to give you the phone numbers of my two daughters who i text things to every day i don't know their numbers anymore <laughs> because i just hit the number on oh, my phone let, let, let <laughs> me get let me get that. him to, let me get him in trouble. What's Veronica's number, Flounder? Uh, 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 oh, <laughs> do you know about the numbers actually the I digits? Don't. No, I don't. There you are. Okay. <laughs> well, here's the correct answer, Flounder. It's a series of numbers in which I call them. Veronica you know her number. <laughs> yes, I do. It's a series. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very funny. Oh, mercy. Uh, in fact, I have in my little file here, I have uh, a, a a place to tell you how well two things employees who use their smartphones at work are doing better than employees who don't and also uh there's a i have a a, a series of steps here you can take to try to wean yourself off of your phone and uh, in fact i was just reading something on social media about it, about people who are now taking the time to uh, to use their phone only to make a call or to answer a call and no more social media. I'm just saying, oh, my God, it, it opens up my whole day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess when you think about it. Anyway, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, uh, Hunter Biden's uh, sugar brother is being grilled this afternoon by members of the House Ways and Means Committee. The guy's name is Kevin Morris. He was uh, forging deals for the creators of South Park, and he's appearing before the deposition today. He was a guy who you saw next to Hunter Biden when he appeared at the House hearing last week and refused to testify. Uh, and the, the, uh, the lawmakers claimed that this guy Morris paid millions of dollars to Hunter's back taxes. He paid the $2 million off and was the largest buyer of by value of Hunter's paintings. He apparently paid about $900,000 for some of Hunter's finger paints. So this guy is the money man who keeps bailing out Hunter Biden. And by the way, uh, remember the White House said, well, we had a deal that Hunter Biden would never know the names of any of his uh, people who bought his finger paints. He would never know. It'd be uh, totally anonymous. Well, guess what? It was anonymous months after they announced that they were having an agreement. So Hunter knew. In fact, uh, the art guy says Hunter knew 70 percent of the people who bought his paintings. So they're faking that he was hiding any potential donors to his father. You know, well, that was a total lie because they never put it into effect for months. So he knew he knew those people who was paying money. What a bunch of crap. Honestly. Uh, anyway, and, and again, they're saying, by the way, uh, if President Biden's impeachment inquiry is invalid, because they say it's no sense for it, uh, then as he claims, then why did he lie about his complicity in his son's business dealings? 
And they, it was talking to a son during business dealings. Actually, <laughs> I can think of only one reason. Anyway, uh, the latest on the Uvalde findings coming up. And Vice President uh, Shiftless and Lazy trying to make a case about the Gettysburg Battle of the Civil War and Ferguson, Missouri. Dear God. 513. Pete's next with Holy Crap and Sports with Kimmer Pete and Flounder. 106. <laughs> real people. Nah. <laughs> Look out, 518 with the Kimmer Pete and Flan there. Coming up, we have Pete's tweets. And we've got the latest on the Fulton Fanny the Floozy at her court date. But first, holy crap, it's sports <laughs> with Pete Davis. And here he is now. <laughs> Brian Murphy of MLB.com has a story. Sure. <laughs> we have a big delay going. Sorry, right. Vincent. We'll uh, get Brian Murphy of MLB.com has a story sure to put. <laughs> Brian Murphy of MLB.com has a story sure to put the fear into the hearts of pitchers everywhere. <laughs> it's a story worth repeating more than once. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. was a terror to pitchers last season. A record offensive year for Ronnie. He had a slugging percentage of 500 or better against eight pitch types. He batted 343 against right-handers and 315 against lefties. Arguably, the only thing that would make his 2023 National League MVP scarier at the plate is if he became a switch hitter. So guess what? <laughs> Ronald posted a video on Instagram batting left-handed and absolutely smashing baseballs over a right-field fence. And this is not the first time Acuna has flirted with batting lefty. He attempted to do it during a regular season game in 2021. But when manager Brian Snicker saw him wearing a left-handed batting helmet in the on-deck circle, Snicker motioned him back to the dugout, waving his finger in disapproval. Afterwards saying, I told him I've got three grandkids I've got to put through college. <laughs> <laughs> but then, kill him. There uh, let's switch gears here for sad news. Reports yeah. are the fa the Falcons are uh, falconing again. They'll interview Bill Belligerent for a second time this weekend to be the team's 19th victim. Well, head coach. SI.com predicting the Falcons will choose Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. with the eighth pick in the NFL draft. So we'll be getting a quarterback. That's what they're claiming. Albert Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. Well, Professor Einstein, meet Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. Jones made Dallas head coach McCarthy's return next year official with a 260-word statement that praised McCarthy's regular season winning percentage and his demonstrated postseason success, even if it came with the Packers. The Cowboys are 1-3 in the playoffs under McCarthy. His Super Bowl win was 14 years ago in Green Bay, which is still 14 years sooner than the last time Jerry Jones won a Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, this is no surprise. Jerry Jones is the same idiot who kept Jason Garrett for the past years as over his expiration date. Jerry does not care about the Cowboys fan base. Jerry Jones cares about Jerry Jones. He believes he is a football genius, although he's never won without Jimmy Johnson. Jerry Jones's ego refuses to allow him to admit he's made a mistake. Jerry Jones is the problem in Dallas. And doubling down on their incompetence, McCarthy wants to keep Playoff choker Dak Prescott as his quarterback. Mm. Professor Einstein, meet Coach McCarthy. <laughs> so. Brutal. Uh, 
Hurricanes tight end Cam McCormick has announced he's coming back next season, which is not too surprising. Cam has been coming back to college for nine years now. <laughs> it's been nine years for him. He originally enrolled at Oregon in January of 2016. Here's a rundown of Cam McCormick's career so far. In 2016, redshirted. 2017, played in 13 games for Oregon. 2018, suffered season-ending injury in the first game of the season. 2019, missed season due to injury. 2020, missed season due to injury. 2021, played in two games before suffering season-ending injury. 2022, played in 13 games for Oregon. And 2023, played in 13 games with 11 starts, I believe, in Miami. He is the Bluto Blutarski of college football. <laughs> Crimey. Seven years of college the down the drain. drain. Well, it's nine. <laughs> nine years. Wow. <laughs> the Mets are going to retire the numbers of Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry this summer oh my. before burning a third hole in their nose with cocaine. <laughs> the two players helped the Metropolitans win their last World Series in 1985. To honor Gooden and Strawberry, the Mets will play those games without any foul lines. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. I think they should make play. The players start at home plate and just sniff their way out yes. to the outfield, going up the left and right field oh, lines. Man, it's brutal. The Hawks beat the Magic 106-104 here at home last night. Jajante Murray had 26 points. Good to see him still playing. He probably won't be on the team much longer. And on this date, January 18th, 1938, Grover Cleveland Pete Alexander elected to the Hall of Fame. 1950, Bob Feller voluntarily took a pay cut after going 15 and 14 in 1949, the Indians oblige him. They slash his salary from $45,000 to just 20. Oh my God! Bob Feller. Wow. Yeah, that's what they did to Bob Feller, war hero. 1952, the White Sox accept the resignation of GM Charlie A. Comiskey Jr. after his request for a raise was turned down by his mother. <laughs> <laughs> Mom. And that's sports. <laughs> Good heavens. I quit. Oh, Lordy. Well, uh, a couple things or two here. 1958, Willie O'Ree made his debut in the National Hockey League with the Boston Bruins, the first black hockey player in the league, 1958. And uh, let's see, a birthday. Uh, speaking of hockey, New York Rangers legend Mark Messier, 63 years old today. So there you are. Uh, and Pete, now, what, did you make anything about uh, about uh, Bill Belligerent making uh, a, a meeting number two? Uh, I thought he'd probably ruled us out after the first one. I think uh, when the Cowboys kept McCarthy, that severely limited. I mean, other than, that, other than us, it's Washington, and he won't win in Washington. Atlanta, he can win in if he solely focuses on coaching and he has anything left in the tank, but he has to get a quarterback, yeah. which means they probably will either they will either draft Penix, who is probably a second-rounder or late first-rounder, or they will trade and move up, which is probably what they'll do because I don't think uh, uh, Belligerent wants to put his entire cookies in the – in the box with one guy that he's got two knee injuries and a shoulder injury in his past. Yeah. And what about the quarterback from Michigan announced he's going to go to into the draft and uh, would he be available at the eighth spot or would we still have to go up to get him too? Is he a yeah. big time Charlie guy? I think he'd be available at number eight. And if they get uh, Harbaugh, I think Harbaugh would uh, draft him. Yeah. Well, well now, do you have a choice in coach, new coach? Oh, it's not even close. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. 
I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Pete Davis. 525 with a Kimmer Pete and Flounder. 404-741-1230 is the number. 404-741-1230. Uh, some newsy stuff to report. Kind of sad, but it's, uh, you probably uh, ought to hear it, about the Uvalde shooting from May 24th. Uh, this was the case of the uh, Uvalde Police Department and the school police department at Robb Elementary School. And uh, here's the headline on the release of the report today. Uvalde cops listened as gunmen shot kids who called out for help and still did nothing. Damning DOJ report reveals as it singles out police chief and sheriff for 77 minutes of inaction that cost lives of 19 children and two teachers during massacre. The uh, critical cascading failures in delayed police, uh, resp- delayed police response to the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, the DOJ report did not recommend how the characters should be punished, but it did say it took a total of 77 minutes for almost 400 lawmen at the scene to kill the guy. After he murdered 21, 19 kids and two adults, 21 total people. Some of the bullet wound victims were on buses with nobody being alerted about to the medics. Some parents were told their kids had survived when, in fact, they had been killed. The police chief, uh, Arredondo, was singled out, acknowledging that uh, he was more concerned with trying to evacuate people who were there rather than going to get the guy. Uh, he, uh, this is a counter to active shooter response principles, which state the priority is to address and eliminate the threat. That was the police chief. The sheriff, also singled out, did not establish a command post. Any unified command shared any kind of intelligence. Nobody knew what was going on. Uh, A game warden and a constable were taken on roles that the incident commander should have been taking on. There were at least 10 stimulus events that should have driven the lawmen response to take steps immediately to stop the killing, but they did not. Multiple survivors heard people say, help, help, and they heard one particular person say, help, help, if you need help, at which point a child said, yes, help, help, and then the killer shot that kid dead, and the police still didn't go in to get him. Interviews with the responding officers say nobody knew what to do. Who was in charge? What do we do? What's going on? We're all confused. How come no attempt to confront confront the shooter? Well, the state Democrat uh, senator says uh, the the bad news is the families can't even sue the state or the Department of Public Safety because of governmental immunity. So this Democrat's calling for a new law to give them the opportunity to sue ex post facto. The uh, scenes showed multiple officers hanging around in corridors outside the classrooms while the shooter wrote LOL on a whiteboard with the blood of his elementary school victims. They got that on video. Students were making panicked 911 calls to police who were one wall away. The lackadaisical officers, it says in his report, failed to confront him for more than an hour. Eventually, a Border Patrol team burst into the classroom and killed the bastard after he had murdered 19 children and two adults. 77 minutes. And again, the sheriff was more concerned about evacuating other kids Rather than stopping it, and the only thing you, I, the only, I, 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 all I can say, I, I can't believe it. All you can say is that he was scared. That he was scared. There's no, I, I mean, again, it, in training for things like this, you go stop the bad guy. That's your first priority is to stop it, and they didn't. 
for more than an hour. They heard kids yelling, help, help, and then getting shot. Well, okay, Flounder's Funny's coming up. We'll change the whole deal here. Hopefully it's 5.30 with a Kimmer Pete and Flounder on 106.3. Good grief. <laughs> that matter to you. These are your Georgia headlines presented by RBM of Atlanta, your Mercedes-Benz connection since 1964. The city of Atlanta's homicide rate has dropped after... (laughs) The Beatles! Oh, yeah! (laughs) The old Kimmer Beatles. The actual really good Beatles. (laughs) Uh, I remember this song, first time I heard it. I was dating a girl named Helen, and I was the worst boyfriend in the world. It was horrible. Anyway, 1964, the Beatles made their American chart debut when I Want to Hold Your Hand entered the chart at number 45, 10 days after they released it. It was the fastest-breaking and fastest-selling single in Capitol Records history. Went on to spend seven weeks at number one before being replaced by their follow-up, She Loves You. I remember where I was and I heard that one, too. I Want to Hold Your Hand became the Beatles' best-selling single worldwide, more than 12 million copies. Well, and I do remember. I remember everything about this when it first happened. Holy cow. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Oh, a famous thing happened on this day in history that you may remember by the sound, uh, Flounder, if you will, sir, on this day, 1995. Yahoo! (laughs) <laughs> the Yahoo.com domain was created on this day in 1995, which is kind of bizarre. Uh, our birthday list, oh, yes. <laughs> Bobby Goldsboro is 83 years old today. Bobby Goldsboro, uh, <laughs> when I hear that name, uh, Bobby Goldsboro, it reminds me of ni- being in 1968. When Bobby Goldsboro uh, would, uh, would hear the song Honey. And in 1968 at Christmas time, I remember sitting around with a bunch of guys in a faraway place, bawling like little girls when uh, the song Honey was being played by a bunch of very young Vietnamese girls entertaining the troops in Vietnam in 1968 at Christmas time. Uh, oh, they painted the tree so long. Oh, the honey, she can't pay. Oh, and the girl died. It was a horrible. We're all bawling like little girls because of Bobby freaking Goldsboro and that stupid song, Honey. I, 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 if it comes on the radio today, I can't listen. I listened for 10 seconds, and I just can't do it. Anyway, Bobby Goldsboro is 83. God bless you, my friend. And, oh, yeah. Jim Tree so young. He came home, and she was crying. Or she got a puppy again. Oh, my God. See the tree, how big it's oh, grown. Jesus. But friend, it hasn't been too long. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't big. big. Oh, such a... Do you guys know this song? Have you ever even heard this song? Flounder, have you ever heard this song? Uh, no, but I've heard this one. (laughs) 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 
that's not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, your gang. <laughs> I mean, and she almost self fed. I laughed till I, I cried. Kablam! <laughs> Sorry. We go through. God bless America. Uh, Five thirty nine. Give her Pete and Flounder. Well, that was a long time ago. Oh my God, that was. 56 years ago. Uh, 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 Pete Davis sending us messages here. Um, oh, my God. Uh, in fact, you were just, uh, uh, Pete sent us a message about Baron Trump. In fact, the other day, that same thing, in fact, the same speech Donald Trump was giving, saying that his mother wouldn't believe that he's been indicted four times and Al Capone was only indicted, indicted once. Uh, and he was talking about his son. In fact, at the funeral, he was talking about his family, and he was talking about uh, the late uh, Melania's late mother who just passed away a couple days ago, and Donald Trump is not in his trial in New York today because he wanted to go to the funeral today. So that's where he is right now. But also coming out is uh, the fact that Baron Trump, and he mentioned uh, how, uh, about his son's genes, Baron Trump is six feet seven. And Donald Trump's, I think, six two or something, and he towers over the both of them. Oh, my God, he looks like a stick holy smokes i mean he's in six seven wow good for him anyway uh a bizarre thing going around social media here and i didn't i i really hadn't thought about this if you work for a company and they put you on their email and their professional social media stuff they what they do is tend to use your initials and abbreviate your like first and last name initials for your email code name or whatever moniker whatever they call it well a woman named samantha we got a little sound of this girl talking about this founder i believe the woman named samantha went on tiktok sharing how her name has drawn negative attention and she's now uh, operating in, prof- in a new professional workplace has a new job and she's afraid that maybe she should call the human resources people to warn them that something really unfortunate happens every time they put her name into the system and do the abbreviation uh first of all let's say a little soundbite of this girl named samantha uh, describing basically what's going on here this is the girl uh, describing her social media problem on tiktok Well, y'all, it's official. I have a new job, which means that I will be transitioning from my current position to a new one within the next two weeks. Amidst all of this excitement that I feel about this transition and this move and this new opportunity, I am filled with dread over one aspect of moving to a different job that I always face when I do this, which is having to have the tough conversation about how my name fits into a company email structure. My name is Samantha Hart. And most companies use the email designation of first initial last name, meaning that my email would be short. And I've had two professional jobs so far, and at every single workplace, this has been the email company structure. And at every single workplace, I have received an email from HR the week before I start, letting me know that my name does not exactly fit the company email structure as they would intend. And would I mind if they gave me a different structure for my email? To which I always say, yeah, like, yeah, I don't want an email that says shart. Yeah, fix it. Give me something else. I'd I'd love to be a fly on the wall for the discussion of the HR department actually trying to figure that out. Can you imagine? Uh, I'm just, I'm glad her name's not Samantha Hitchcock. (laughs) 
It could be a lot of things. You could put a whole bunch of stuff together. Yowtsie, <laughs> wowtsie. Anyway, she uh, she went on social media about it and was just having a little fun with it, which is uh, which is fairly amusing. Uh, by the way, speaking of social media stuff, and I think they've uh, put this story forward just because of the Kimmer. Jane Seymour is now seventy two years old. And she was discussing some, with somebody on uh, with the Cosmopolitan's uh, digital issue, a Cosmopolitan magazine website business podcast thing. And Jane Seymour, at the age of 72, the former Dr. Quinn medicine woman, says, quote, sex right now is more wonderful and passionate than anything I ever remember because it is built on trust, love and experience. She's having more passionate sex than ever with her 73-year-old boyfriend. And uh, she's been married four times, and she says, uh, I know myself and my body. John's had his own experiences. It's not like when you're younger. Your sex life doesn't need to end at 60. Everybody's looking for something that puts blood into a certain area. When you figure it out, you're going to be a happy camper. Uh, she, I suppose younger generations, people have sex first and then say, oh, by the way, uh, hello, how you doing? Well, how do you do? The older I get, the more sex is built on emotional intimacy, on having shared the ups and downs of life with someone, our feelings, joys, sadness, mutual passions, and desire. She said a bonus on sex later in life is you can't get pregnant. Well, she, I, she says, I feel like I'm both experienced and I also feel like I'm 16. I truly feel sex and intimacy is better at my age than it ever was before. I actually mean that, Jane Seymour says at the age of 72. It took being single after my marriages to learn that I don't have to disappear for sex and romance to click. Plenty of dates, plenty of partnerships. My last breakup sparked an epiphany. Whenever I was with someone, I'd vanish in the relationship. Dating someone was about having it all, a career, marriage, blending family. Uh, was about uh, was about romance and never ever about me. She said. So anyway, she's found happiness and more sex, better sex than ever. I have a ever. question. Yeah, I have a question. Yes. What, when you're over seventy, yeah, don't you easily start forgetting things anyway? So every time she has sex, to her, it's like the first time. Boy, that was great! <laughs> <laughs> wow! I should have been. Man, that felt good. <laughs> Where have I? Been? I've been really holy mackerel. Hey, I got to tell everybody about this. <laughs> Where's this been on yeah, my life? Yeah, I want to do this again. <laughs> You're going to stop now, are you? Can we? <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, and again, remember, ladies, I can still drive at night. So, you know, a little respect. Uh, 545 with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder uh, here on 106.3, just for the record. <laughs> Better never. Uh-huh. This isn't fair. Pete just uh, texted me that Salma Hayek is posing nude in flashback photos. Salma Hayek is 57 years old, and I would kill for her right now. I would commit murder for her right now. Just saying. (laughs) Dear God. Yeah. For later. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And I, I know I'm well back. Well, 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 good night, everybody. It's all yours. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kimber Pete and Flounder, 551 here with the uh, holy smoke Uh Let's see a couple things in history here. It was on this day in 1778. 
English navigator Captain James Cook discovered the Hawaiian Islands, which he called the Sandwich Islands. Actually, he didn't discover the islands because there were, you know, people living there. <laughs> so I love when they say, well, he discovered, you know, he didn't. There were people living there. They discovered the islands. You know, somebody way long ago discovered them. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, really, he didn't discover them at all. <laughs> hey, we're here to take your land. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and uh, on this day in 1911, for the first time, a pilot named Eugene Eli landed his airplane on top of a boat. It was a ship, and he did it on purpose, the USS Pennsylvania in San Francisco Harbor. Imagine in 1911, the airplane that this guy flew out of the sky and landed on a boat. Uh, the rickety old airplane and this, oh, man, that had that ball. must have been the first guy to do it. Holy smokes. Good for him. And uh, let's see. On this day, 1985, Jerry Garcia was arrested at Golden Gate State Park. They caught him freebasing cocaine in his car. Uh, he had uh, tw- uh, 23 bundles of drugs in his briefcase, and the thing that gave him away was a cop notice at his expiration of his registration and his license plate. So he, uh, he knocked on the window and said, hey, see, oh, oh boy, <laughs> sir, I was going to give you a warning about your expired tag, but uh, so, sorry, you got to go to jail now or something. So anyway, uh, 5.52 with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder on uh, 106.3, 404-741-1230. And we got, there's a magic sound there. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's only the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder, and we got all these tweets, and we got Pete, so we got your Pete's tweets. All kinds of good stuff coming up for you today. Are you ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> yes, sir. In 2005, a six-month-old kitten cat was adopted by a nursing home. They named it Oscar. It was a therapy cat. But workers started to notice something weird about Oscar. He usually preferred to be alone, but would occasionally crawl into a patient's bed and snuggle up to them. The eerie part was the patient would usually die within hours. After this happened about 20 times, they started to look more closely at Oscar. And when he would snuggle up to a person, the staff would call their family and warn them the end might be near. Scientists say Oscar likely smelled biochemicals released by dying cells. One time, the staff was convinced a resident was about to die, but strangely, Oscar refused to sit with them. Instead, he chose another patient who looked healthy, but passed away before the sick one did. Oscar passed away last year himself, yet he predicted over 100 deaths. Imagine sitting there minding your own business one day, watching The Price is Right, and Death Cat comes wandering into your room. <laughs> no. he's, got, he's got a little hammer and si- a little sickle with him and a robe. You know. A little, little hood, you know. To... Oh, man. Did, did they check to see if he was on their chest stealing their breath? Maybe Oscar had a secret there. Well, on this they say it was, that's a true story. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of, of things. And, in fact, I think there was a dog who did the same thing uh, at, at various hospital stuff. Yeah, true stories. Wow, cool. Speaking of which, I walked up to get the mail. It's about a half mile walk up the mountain to get my mail because it was overflowing. And I come home and I get two new companions, two little pit bulls, follow me all the way back home. Really? Like, now, where did they guys? come from? Where did you come from? Now, what I about think the... they live up with the people on top of the hill. What about the big Pyrenees, though? I don't you have two big white Pyrenees dogs up there? They weren't around, and I think the pitties stay inside all the time. But for one, some reason, they were out today, and they followed me all the way home. They guarded me the whole way home. I gave them a couple of treats, and uh, they just went 
went bouncing back home. Well, I hope I hope there's not going to be a problem with the uh, when the Pyrenees boys show up. The guy, the girl, I guess there are two girls or a guy and a girl. Anyway, <laughs> I hope not. I, I hear you've been seeing a couple other dogs. <laughs> yeah. Up here. Oh my. Four fifty-five. By the way, uh, we got a Flounders funny coming up for a second. First of all, Pete Davis, let's talk about Fargo for a second. And again, if you haven't seen the end of Fargo, it was uh, well then tune out for you know a minute uh, because we're going to talk about it. And I, I, I it was on Tuesday night, and it turned out again. I was speaking about it right. Now, it was the end of the se- of, of this season, which I didn't know, but it was clear at the end. Now, let me, uh, uh, by the way, two things. I loved the way that that nasty, horrible uh, matriarch of all the money dealt with the ending for the bad sheriff, John, uh, uh, John Hamm. Holy cow. Yeah. By the way, he's got to win the, uh, every award there is for television performances I- of that show. Wow. I- I actually got a little emotional when Jennifer Jason Lee finally accepted her as her daughter. Yep. It was like, whoa, that, when, that was pretty powerful. When she, when she hugged her and let her hug her and actually put her arm, and then she patted her when she said, well, I can't take this anymore. But at that moment, she she broke. She let it happen. And then what, the way she handled the, what she did to him, and, and you see his face when she said, oh, boy, guess what? All of them in that cell block, all of them in that cell block are going to be coming after you for the rest of your life. Oh, my God. I mean, what a great ending for her to turn <laughs> completely around as the worst devil woman of a character on TV in the history of the world to that. And secondly, that the weird guy at the end eating the biscuit what the hell was his deal i mean i don't get him at all okay remember the very first show we talked about and i said he's a sin eater yeah and that's exactly what he turned out to be he was a sin eater that's what gave him the his immortality and everything he couldn't be killed because he ate the sin of another person and it made him into this creepy thing and she says if you eat something made with love It'll counteract yep. the sin and she made and it the bi- to work. She made him help make the biscuits. And by the way, they got that from The Green Mile, the movie The Green Mile, where the uh, the, the guy sucked all the badness out of the guy. Anyway, uh, 537, yeah. founder, we have time for a little calabonga here. There we go, little founder. Funny. You know when guys lose hair here, they counter it with a beard. You seen that? <laughs> the bald the head, the bigger the beard gets. They're trying to recreate their face upside down. <laughs> <laughs> if you're white or black, grow that beard as thick as you want. Look good. If you're Asian, no, you got to stop right here. Any more than this brings our faces back 5,000 years. <laughs> Is that a samurai in the bus stop? <laughs> it does make you look tough you got that beard. I'm not that tough. I'm allergic to too many things that be tough. Like if we got in a fight and you threw peanuts on my face, I would cry and pass out. You win the fight. <laughs> I'm allergic to too many things. Peanuts, peas, chickpeas, soy, lentil, cats. Man, I lost all my lesbian friends. <laughs> no offense. Listen, guys, I... <laughs> so cute, Mina. I... I'm allergic to soya sauce. I'm freaking Asian. That's our ketchup. <laughs> That's like a white people were allergic to, I don't know, guilt. Anyways, I... Uh, guilt? I say that because it hurts you and you deserve it. We... No, I just say that because you can't be racist against white people. It doesn't work. It just bounces off your chest like Superman. You don't care. I try all the time. Cracker! I like crackers. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and who's that there, Flounder? Uh, Ron Jossel. Uh, Ron Jossel. I'll be damned. Uh, pretty pretty amusing fellow. Uh, 558. And again, by the way, to remind you, uh, we get, we're off at 6. But Shannon Burke is still on down in Florida. He used to be our partner many years ago here in Atlanta. And if you'd like to hear what Shannon Burke's been up to lately, he's on the air till 7. If you go to Florida Man Radio, 
uh, and uh, podcast. Uh, uh, Flounder put will put our little segment coming up on, on uh, podcast parking later. But if you want to hear Shannon Burke live talking with us live in a few minutes after we go off, uh, he'll be we'll be talking with him at uh, Florida Man Radio, and you can uh, tune in if, if you have any interest. And we're going to play a little funny thing on him here concerning the Dallas Cowboys, by the way, too. Uh, anyway, so that's coming up. And uh, Friday, let it rip. Anything goes, of course, as we keep saying. Uh, and by the way, we've, I've been talking, making jokes about inflation. As I put on the board today, inflation has gotten so bad, I got a pre-declined credit card in the mail. <laughs> by, by the way, <laughs> I can't believe they actually checked my credit report because they're still sending me Apple. Well, you're pre-qualified for the black card. No, I guarantee you I'm not. <laughs> nice try, though. <laughs> anyway, Kimber, Pete, and Flounder, I got to go. You're killing me. See you tomorrow. Look out. Hoorah, Zephyr Five, everybody. Look out. <laughs>